That yeah. was the ending creeped me the hell totally. out. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I knew a lot of things like that. It's like, oh no, this is funny. Like I'm not as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, watch Evil Dead Two as a kid, and right. you're like, this is scarring. Right. You it's know? Terrifying. I love that movie. Yeah. We good. We good. Should I should I make out with it? You should make out with it. <laughs> All right. How you doing, microphone? <laughs> Austin can watch, but it's cost him a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who still has my discs? What? I know. Did you not bring them? I totally. I dude, was literally going dude, to remind you, and I was like, well, "There's no way you're going to forget." I, well, I well, just forgot finished watching them, right? So, oh, I, so I was. I walk out the house. Uh-huh. And I get my distracted. truck keys, right? So I walk back in the house and I sit them on the counter. I grab my keys and I walk out. <laughs> so it wouldn't have mattered if I reminded you. Yeah, because gotcha. you remembered. I remembered. Right. But then I forgot. So like, <laughs> how, do, how do you show uh, up? I know. I was, like, I, I was like in the Starbucks <laughs> line and I'm right. like, I go over to like reach for them and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, man. Well, I guess you're going to be making another trip out here. Yep, by the end tomorrow. Of the yeah. yeah, tomorrow. You know. Yeah, no, especially not answering the door. In the, well, you've I got told a, him to drop it in the mailbox. Yeah, you've got a really big mailbox. Um, I'll just be standing at that window, just looking at, <laughs> shaking your head, right? Admonishing silently. Um, yeah, especially seeing on like the Breen group, and like everyone's like, "Oh, the other ones are out of print. It's the end of the world." Um, actually, before we start recording, I need to get myself some water. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going to use their opportunities a little place. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you want to interrupt later? We're already recording. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. <laughs> this will be a nice little... Oh, you, are you going to take a nap, sure? too? You went, <laughs> went into our bedroom. <laughs> you want to lay down for a couple minutes. That's That's cool. So we've been rolling this whole time. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll give the listeners some I mean, good you know. insight. <laughs> single single party consent state. I, like I mean, it. we're very informal. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that crime that you just confessed to, Austin. I'm sorry. It's like we have to. We yeah, owe we owe Adam some blackmail uh, <laughs> payback or something. Yeah, no, it's all good. Isn't that corrupt? <laughs> that I that's all I thought about was the, the whole way I was like, <laughs> I'm so corrupt. <laughs> yeah, you're very corrupt. Yeah, you're lucky that uh, Adam didn't report you to the uh, Breen Authority to the real human Breen's Authority. <laughs> So it's been what three weeks since we finished up with Twisted Pear? Right? No, three two weeks, weeks already. Is it or two? two weeks? Two? Is it two? Yeah, two weeks. Okay, I'll I... take your word for it. Because I went to Vegas, and that's why we because we we're going to do it the week after. That's right. That's right. And then I went to Vegas, so then no, we're going to do it this week. Yeah, I don't know. Time means nothing to me now that I'm on the other side. It feels <laughs> like at once that that was some long and distant dream. And also, it's always been a part of me. So, yeah. Has it been? 
two weeks, three weeks, doesn't matter. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a while. I'm more enlightened today than I was, you know, five <laughs> weeks ago. I can say that much. Right. Well, right. we can say that that Austin is caught up now. You've watched all of them. All of them. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and one on um I am here dot 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 now. There you go. Very would nice. Would not play in my Xbox, so I had to watch it on the Magnavox twenty seven inch. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. It wouldn't play on my Xbox. I, I don't know why. And then so I played it on my TV, my old TV. Oh, your so. old TV. That what do you have? Like just like a regular DVD player hooked up to that? No, there's. It's one of those side by sides where oh. you get the VHS and the oh, DVD. Cool. Oh, cool. So I had to watch. That's actually that. a cool way to yeah, watch. It was. That. I, I, yeah. So I did. I watched that one, and then I watched Pass Through on there. And too. that was, was I am like, here. Oh. You watched that way. Um, Is that what no, you said? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Here, and now yeah. you can make illegal VHS copies. <laughs> I know, right? Of- <laughs> oh, you totally could. It'd definitely be corrupt. Um, <laughs> that would make better sense if it was on VHS. That would be pretty amazing mm-hmm. if it was on VHS. Yeah, now like I want you to now that I know you have that capability, there's a lot of things I want you to like make on VHS <laughs> for me, actually. <laughs> like seriously. There's movies that were never released on V like I want to watch Stranger Things on VHS. That would be pretty right. awesome. Yeah. Actually. You know? Like and you have the capability of doing that. Well then we gotta get on that. Yeah. Does it record? I don't know if mine records like that. Uh, most of those do. I mean, if not, I don't know. we need to just. It might not buy the stuff to be able to do that because yeah. it can't be that expensive. Even if it doesn't, you could just get an external DVD player and then put that to the input on yeah, there, and exactly. it probably would record. I would, Maybe. I, yeah. yeah, it might not if it's an all-in-one, but it's not like that's a difficult thing to do. No, you I know? think that you we just, need to start doing. I'm that. sure, in fact, my VCR could do. I've have I've had the capability of doing this entire time. <laughs> I don't know why I'm even asking you to do it. I have got a VHS player and I've got a DVD player, so yeah, yeah. I would think Breen on like that Magnavox would look pretty great, though. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, especially like that one, which has. You know, I think it's before the HDness really got available. I mean, I don't yeah. know if the, when these things were originally uh, shown, if they were more HD than those copies that he sells. But you know, that's a much lower quality one. So I actually think watching that thing on like a twenty-seven inch Magnavox would be perfect. So yeah. where's the thirty-five millimeter print of Double Down? I don't that's know. What I want to know. Yeah, I mean, I still have a hard time believing that that's 35 millimeter, but maybe it is, you know, like, again, it's hard to say because the quality of the disc is so low, you know? So it's like, I can't tell what stock that is, but I also, you know, I mean, first I think, well, film is really expensive, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, how could he possibly be shooting on film? But then I realized like he shoots for a weekend, you know? So I could, I could see him getting enough film to shoot for a weekend. Yeah, for sure. And then rent the big Panavision cameras to record it on. Right, I mean, true. Thirty-five millimeter yeah. film is no joke. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't around. shoot a ten thousand dollar movie or, or bring on, it out into the desert with you in the middle. Good, of, good you point. Know. Exactly. But okay, yeah, true. But we have said this before. I mean, he might. Uh, well, I don't know. You can shoot on digital and then have it transferred to thirty-five millimeter. I love the idea that there is a, a 35 millimeter in cans original print of that thing, like in the basement, or or <laughs> at least the footage that he shot in 35. I don't sure, know, I don't sure. know if like a, maybe a, not a, a finished screening film. print of 35 right. exists. 
Oh, with the raw footage? But the raw footage Outtakes. might be in film cans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, we are looking back on the films. Um, there was, and, and coincidentally and, and lovely enough, just, what, yesterday? Was it yesterday? Was it? T- it's all just a big blur right now. It was Correct. yesterday or the day before, I think. But there, is, there has been a big announcement from Neil Breen himself. Mm. I watched it. I watched it. Many, many times. Oh, yeah. Wept a few times. <laughs> so what's the deal? Well, the... Uh, it's not a documentary. He gets very right. pissed to say, <laughs> no, right? this is not a documentary. <laughs> like four times. It's a retrospective. A retrospective and a production note sort of thing, like a how-to uh-huh. make a movie, or he's going to sh- share his film secrets of making movies. Yes, for not being a filmmaker to sh- right. discuss how he made his films. And it's going to give a lot of insight to professional filmmakers so, as well. well <laughs> and people that have been to film right, school. Right, so... Hey, how do I get this look? <laughs> Spiel, Spielberg is going to be watching that for sure. Oh, man. I'll be watching it, but I, I want to, in in the language of Breen, because he does make up his own words, or he doesn't really understand what one word means as opposed to another, uh, it, 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 like, you know, the Princess Bride, it's like, you know, you keep using that word, but I don't think you know what it actually means. Right. Uh, what is a documentary versus a retrospective? Uh, well, I mean, there it does feel like there's a difference. Um, you know, I don't know. A retrospective, uh, I don't know. I, I guess like where I might think is a doc. I, I have a hard time thinking about a, a filmmaker making a documentary about their own work. When I think documentary, I, I, I think about it in the terms of a kind of independent view of something so would you think it's more like a master class oh my god could you imagine if like neil breen did a master class it'd be amazing that's what it should just be you just throw it to them right right. it depends on if you know again like if it's only that but i think retrospective might be a good word for it if he's looking back on his own work and saying hey this is how i did this you know, I guess it, it depends, right? I mean, what do you call things like special features on a, you know, would you call that a documentary? I don't know. You know, like if, if you're just thinking back or even a director's commentary is like an audio version of that almost, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm thinking um, is the things you get out of a director's commentary, but about his film. Now, do you think he's going to, well, considering that it's just a retrospective, it's just all going to be him. Yeah. He's not going to have the other actors yeah previously i want to see that freaking editor uh-huh i want to see john monte monte Mont- Mont- yeah yeah totally yeah absolutely but i think that's all part of the myth making right i mean uh george lucas did the same thing right where it's like he wants kind of the world to believe he did everything and my guess is that he did most of this stuff in his films mm-hmm. you know i think that's pretty evident but it's always a collaborative effort and i can see him not necessarily wanting to share that spotlight um who knows but i think that i would love to see a documentary but i think it's probably got to be left to other people to really do that justice oh, and i don't want to see that yeah yeah well i don't, I don't want to see a documentary i i mean i do i want to see i want to hear the stories of the people because i think those people should get some exposure no, that's as well. fine what i'm saying is i don't want some outsider to come in mm-hmm. and say i'm going to do a documentary on neil breen 
But what if it was good? Like, that's the thing. Like, what if they did it and did it respectfully and weren't just that we're going to make fun of this stuff, right? But, you know, actually talked about his process. No. And, and that's the first thing that came to my mind mm-hmm. is that it would be an honest right. documentary. But I don't even, I don't know if I want to see that. I just want, I want it all, I want it to be what he is going to be releasing at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I want it to be him. He, it is him. It's him. Him. The, the fun <laughs> part him. about him making his own retrospective or documentary or whatever you want to call it just makes it even more beautiful almost makes it a sixth neil breen film oh yeah without it actually being a narrative film yeah it's kind of like when stephen king fans wanted a new book and they got dance macabre you know there you go like that's what i could think this is this is breen's dance macabre right which is very much that you know he's talking about his own work he's talking about hey here's what you do Here's some best practices. Here's what's worked for me. And if that's what we get with this, that's totally fine. But I also believe that just because Dance Macabre exists doesn't mean there shouldn't be some, like, knockdown, awesome Stephen King documentary that hasn't ever come out for some reason. You know? Like, really, you get, like, little, like, YouTube movies and stuff, but there's nothing like that. So I think that those two things can exist independently. But I guess I guess if, you know, if you look at, at Breen as, like, an almost religious figure as some do it's kind of like well yeah what's the you know making of the bible the documentary right you know so i can understand how some might not want to see how the sausage is made but um i do like i'm interested in that but it may never happen but i think the thing we're going to get i think we all know is going to be just incredible no matter what it is yeah yeah. i don't i can't even i can't even wrap my head around it really what it's going to be I, I I I know what I want it to be, and I know it's going to be that, and it's going to go beyond that. <laughs> he made comments in that video that he's done filming it, so yeah, it's all done. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's filmed, I imagine, himself in his faithful findings house. Oh man, uh, just talking about a lot of stuff and maybe showing you know stuff on yeah. computer screens and everything of what he did, how he green screened the tiger or himself in with the oh, tiger. Man. And, I don't even I I don't even know if he's going to be able to show that. I, Do you think he would sit there with his computer and then bring up After Effects and go, no. "Well, no, here's where, be how on? I did this." No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, be off the whole time. Um, I think that it's gonna. Here's my prediction. I think that it's gonna like appear to be a retrospective, but it's gonna be like the secret next film. And it's actually going to turn into a, a dramatic feature. I would love if that was truly yeah. the case. Yeah, that's my prediction. I might be wrong. I've been very wrong before hmm. when it comes to predicting Neil Breen. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah. Although he does talk about the sixth film in that video, too. Right, and, right. and that that is being worked on. Unless that's the seventh film. Unless that's the seventh film. Right. But that if he's already done filming it and it's not coming out till later this year, I think that would kind of hold with the idea that he shoots really quickly and spends a lot more time in his post-production. Um, I think he spends a lot more time in post than anything. And he also didn't uh, fund this retrospective. Right. You know, or crowdfund it. I mean, obviously. Oh, yeah. Funded yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Uh, so... He wasn't I, it doesn't have. It doesn't. He, where? Where? To, where? How? Where? Where? He doesn't. He, he doesn't have to go anywhere. Whoa. He doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if the whole thing is him sitting on that couch, just talking about his movies? 
Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay. I'll take it. It's okay. like the special features that we never got. You know, that's my viewpoint. It's like I wish these movies had special features, but they don't. So if he's going to do that, and, and that's his way to sell thirty dollars discs again, sure, to make the money he's going to make, I think that's totally fine. I mean, there's well, that's going to help fund the the you know, sure. twisted pair too. That's or, a smart move too. Yeah. Absolutely. And his fans are going to eat it up. His fans right. are going to are going to do whatever. We'll do an episode on it. We'll get together and watch it. It'll be a blast, right? So you know. I think that that I'm I'm I want all that Breen wants to give the world, you know, just keep on Breening it up as much as he can. So he's he's pretty much stuck to the digital media. Why do you think there hasn't been shirts, hats, mugs <laughs> directly licensed from Breen himself? It's a great question. That is a great. I question. think just because he probably just hasn't either hasn't thought about or it, or that's just not his thing. No, I mean, he's, maybe he's, he doesn't. Know, he's not a graphic design type person. He has to have thought about it at some point. I mean, you don't make five movies and not think about marketing it, especially right. when you're the sole person behind your marketing campaign. Yeah, yeah. Posters, uh, dude. Why he like if he just made it, posters, he can make posters. Go to freaking FedEx Kinkos yeah. and run off posters for five bucks a piece and sell them for 30 50 if they have an autograph. Yeah. Like he could print money if he wanted to. I just yeah, even think if that, they're like, like 11 by 17. Right. They don't have to be, you know, full. Totally. One the, sheet. I think the idea that we're approaching this to say, like, what would a normal person do <laughs> to monetize themselves yeah. is. We're barking up the wrong tree. I mean, this is Neil Breen. Like, we've already established he's an alien of some type. He doesn't really think on the same wavelength that we do. Right. And I know that that idea has been brought up to him. If he hasn't considered it himself, people in his circle, whoever those people are, like, definitely must have brought it up to him. And he responded, yes. Or no, you know, like, I mean, that's the thing. So I just, I, I think trying to apply logic, uh, I'd like to see official stuff. He might just not be concerned about money either at this he point. He might not be. I mean, the, if the But if that was the case, why sell him for 30 freaking dollars? He could sell his hand-burned DVDs for less than $30, you know, if he wasn't concerned with money. Well, it, it's, it may be, uh, that's his way of being like a Crispin Glover of saying, well, I just need to make money in order to do my next thing. Right. You know, I, I have to make it worth my while in some way. Except. But not to, like, overstretch or maybe uh, tarnish the brand. I mean, once you start selling merchandise, I suppose, it, it does kind of, like, dilute it, it mm, a that's bit, a good point. too. That's a good point. Absolutely. You know, he wants to maybe keep the uh, don't sanctity. You think, I mean, from from everything that he's done, what has it been, uh, 12, 15, 10, 15 years, whatever? Uh, since his since double down, uh, where, where was I just about to go with that? That it, it uh, uh, um, talk amongst yourselves. Uh, okay. I lost my train of thought. I got really um, excited about something. I'm interested to hear what your opinions are, Austin, about now that you've seen the entire uh, Breenaverse oeuvre. Um, like what were some high points, low points? Like what was your favorite in the series? What was your least favorite in the series? All right. Well, first of all, I can't believe he's never been to film school. That just blows my mind. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, my favorite was definitely Twisted Pair. That was definitely my favorite. Awesome. And then my least favorite was probably, um, I think I told you earlier. Um, Faithful Findings, Faithful you said. Faithful Findings, yeah. yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I think it's just like it's the one that's got 
with the lowest body count, right? It's yeah, got the, and they just kind of hang out in the houses the whole yeah, time. It's a relationship drama. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's got some high points. Don't get me wrong. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, it's still brilliant. That's one of the best sex scenes ever oh, created. Yeah, yeah. Although I think nothing compares to um, to what you get in I Am Here Now. Like, dot, 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 dot now. But um, yeah. that's like the mask zombie face-to-face stuff. Like, I don't know. I struggle between whether my favorite... Because I, I twist a pair. That's kind of recency bias. Like, I think really going back, it's probably I Am Here, dot, 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 dot now. Yeah, that one's you know? pretty phenomenal. I rewatched uh, I Am Here, mm-hmm. and uh, I remembered something that you said on that podcast right. where you were like the... That it might have been some other guy wearing the mask. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. On top of her, the the scenes. Uh huh. Because I paid attention to. Did it you like time. look at like the <laughs> this, skin folds or something? This, no, the, the the scenes when he's not wearing the mask. Yeah, he's actually not on top of her. He's, okay, he's like in the foreground. Oh shit! Like like forced three, perspective, and, and he might actually be screened into it. Like just oh, overlapping, bro. Like I the mean, tiger, it's a, it's a real he tigered tight, her. I mean, it's a much more tight window, sure, you know, sure. Over it, but it, it's <laughs> so I don't know. I if believe that was it's the case. probably forced perspective. But yeah, I, 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 it's true. When he has the mask, when, is when they're actually doing the Eskimo kisses, okay, you know, and, and rubbing noses. Do you and think it's when, him though? I don't, I don't know, but I mean, it, it maybe the only way he was getting on top of her is if he wore the mask. Right? I can't. I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't want. Is make, there seriously uh, forced perspective? Like as far as you yeah, can tell? Yeah, as far as I can tell. Wow. Like, like his arms is you know is yeah where they come down are not quite right. Oh with, with my her god, body. that's incredible, yeah. Sean. That's incredible. Um, I love the idea because again, like. I'm what? No, you're paying me $200 to do this little independent movie and you what? Right. No. You know, okay, well, how about this? Because I almost like the idea that she said no and he really liked her because he's like, oh, you know, you're really pretty and I want you in my movie and you don't want to do this. But how about this? And he like on the fly, like, made, you know, was that was that called? Made an audible? Is that what they call yeah. it? Is that in sports in games? Sports ball. In sports ball. It's an audible. <laughs> called an audible. It's audible. an audible. So, yeah, yeah. he what do you say? Called an audible? Called an yeah. audible. He called, called an audible. audible. <laughs> um, <in that>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know sports. Um, but so, you know, but the thought on his feet like that, it's like, okay, we're going to do this. There's almost like a genius to that. Right. I would have never even considered that, that that could be a possibility. Um, so that's great. And I'm genuinely interested. I mean, you know what? You know, I want you to run the show in whatever way you want to run the show, obviously. But I, we have been building up and building up to all these things, these revelations that you guys have found. I still don't know. Even in the the real human brains group, like that, you know, we're in. Like I don't know any of this stuff. So you're like, we have found stuff out. So I'm super curious. Just want to throw that out there for whenever we want to go ahead and talk about what mysteries you guys have uncovered here, because I want to know. I do too. Inquiring minds want to know. Okay. Um. What I alluded to on the last podcast, I mean, if we want to just start there, when I was deep diving into pass-through, right? Um, I found an audio interview with Kathy Corpus okay. uh, that was made by, you know, some other podcast uh, a while ago. And she is, um, she was in Amanda, um, pass-through, in pa- as passed. she was the... Like Tiger the, girl. The one who like, screamed all the time. Right. How did you like her <laughs> well, line yeah, delivery? Well, the, the, the one girl that screamed all the time. Right, not, okay. Not the yeah. other one that right. screamed. Right, true, true. true. <laughs> Tiger girl, right. Even after Tiger she was girl. dead, after she got shot, she screamed right. after she was shot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, but exactly. um, the the one thing that I thought was going to blow your mind, especially Josh, is that she he, she talked a little bit about Breen's process. Oh wow! And, and, and not not like on a real artistic level, yeah, but yeah. like on an actual functional. This is how we got together and made this movie, sort of thing. Uh, and she said, first of all, that the shooting schedule was twelve days. Twelve days. Twelve days. She was on set. That's a lot longer than I expected. And uh, apparently, Breen uh, had her with him at all times. Okay. And when they would have to like go from location to location, he drove her. So he was also the chauffeur, uncredited wow. chauffeur, uncredited chauffeur. Uh, and oh man, his vehicle had absolutely no air conditioning. Oh what? That, in the desert. That in the desert. And which is why she says she and everybody else looks so incredibly sweaty throughout the whole movie is that wow they uh, she was she didn't have a lot of hydration oh my and, gosh so uh, did she talk about like so they they actually had location did you say like how long of a drive it was she, she was saying like yeah I mean it was half an hour from you know spot okay. to spot or like from where she was staying to you know that and. But I mean, she was local. Uh-huh. Obviously, she lived in Las Vegas, and, and she was scouted out. You know that way. Uh, she answered an ad in the paper. You know, like a lot of these people probably did. Right, right. But when I looked her up, she actually had some other credits. So yeah, I was exactly. Able, I was able to She's watch like some boxer or something. Short, right? Yeah, martial some arts. Sh- some short short films that she was in, uh-huh. and she was in another a, a really terrible movie uh, that was made prior to Pass Through. Okay. That I can't remember the name of offhand. Mm-hmm. But uh, and she was there was a short that she was in on YouTube that I thought this is a really good short made by a different filmmaker right, too. Right. But uh, but yeah, she's much more subdued in that Interesting. in that short too. Yeah. So she, I'm not gonna sit here and say she's a fantastic right, actress, right, but right. she definitely has more uh, nuance. I've than always necessarily. felt yeah, I've always felt that that's I think that the the credit and the criticism should generally go to the director. Sure, right? You sure. know, if there's if they're not getting a good performance, they're not getting a good performance. Um, you know, it's their job to say no, let's do it again, you know, until it's good. Um, yeah, totally. No, that's super interesting. So I wonder that so that's the the same car that's had the whole time, just no air conditioning. I think that's that says something about Neil Breen as well. It almost actually makes me wonder if it did have air conditioning, he just wasn't running it like as a eco-friendly thing. You know, because there's people like believe the air conditioning, like you shouldn't yeah. run your air conditioning in your car because it's he has really that, bad. But he drives a big Suburban. It's that big white Suburban. Right, okay. So it's not the Mercedes. Well, not in pass-through. I mean, okay. the, because we right. didn't remember there was no cars on set of pass Good point, through. good point. Yeah. I know for sure that that big Suburban is his. And that all, so that all, that looks like it might not have air conditioning, right? Why would you live in Las Vegas? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah no. it's a very and similar climate have, to here in Phoenix. Right. Yeah, very uh, similar. There was, th- there was one car that I had that I got a really good deal on that was just stripped bare. It didn't have a stereo in it, didn't have AC when I was living in Minnesota. And during the summer, that was pretty brutal when it was so humid. Yeah. Right. But... Most of the time, it's like, well, you never really missed it. I mean, you just roll down the windows or just turn on the fan all the way during the summer. But yeah. didn't really complain too much about it. I'd, well, you know, obviously I got rid of that car not too soon after that because of those factors. You never know how bad it is when you're missing a radio in a car. Right. Um, I actually had like a little boombox that I'd put on <laughs> On my seat next to me. I did the same thing, but with a Bluetooth speaker. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, me too. With my beater truck. Yeah. 
Ah, oh, way before Bluetooth. Right. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of wish to sell boom boxes, dang it. But didn't you now awesome. you've even become friends with what's her face on Facebook? I, I reached too, out right? to her to talk to her to ask if I could ask her questions and she responded, but we never really got much further than oh, that point. I was so, waiting sadly, for some big like mind sadly, blowing because I really wanted to ask about the tattoo. And I really want, and I'm still going to, you know, try to reach out to her to get these answers because it's just fascinating to me. And maybe the answers will be in part of the filmmaking process that we see towards the end of 2019. We can only hope. But um, one, of the, one of the things that I learned about her, you know, when they were asking her more personal questions was obviously her uh, martial arts background. And the tiger is like her animal. Like they actually refer to her, like her name in the the martial arts circle is like little tiger or mm. something like that. So that would lead me to believe um, that she's got the tattoo. And right? and on her Facebook page, she makes a comment, which you know I was talking with Austin a little bit about last time. Yeah, and he hadn't even seen the movie yet. But the uh, she makes a comment saying this tattoo, you know, is never going to come off of me on a picture of a tiger that she posted on her facebook page okay but she's she's a she's a model i mean you can you can tell she's like she she shows up as like at like events she's like a you know drink girl and stuff like okay, that. okay sure and uh there's lots of photos of her on her facebook page she's pretty much an instagram model for the uh-huh. most part okay and, and a lot of them she's in various stages of undress nothing from the behind the, from behind right so at, she doesn't have any tattoos visibly on her front mm-hmm. so i don't know it, it could be it could be a red herring too i mean it could maybe be off. maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah really unless you're like a suicide girl or something like that right. most of the time they don't want you know modeling they don't want to see the tattoos sure sure i mean like one tasteful tattoo especially if you're trying like you know selling drinks and stuff like that but how many times do you see a model with like showing their back very little. You know, well, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, swimsuit models sometimes, right? But like, but yeah, I mean, it's. Right, but it sounds like that's not really her. Right. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mo- most of her outfits. I mean, she's in dresses and uh-huh. dressed up. You know, to right. to be like a drink girl at various high society type Las Vegas parties. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the the stuff that she is in a you know bikini or in a, a smaller outfit, nothing's mm-hmm. visible. That's sure, a clear, sure. obvious mm-hmm. tattoo. Well, if that's the case, and she's like called the tiger and stuff and then like there's also the tiger stuff that means what does that mean <laughs> well what i want to know is does that mean i mean oh here's another thing that uh-huh. she revealed in that interview there was we talked about how the script was in all caps for some people or whatever oh really she she uh said there was absolutely no script none absolutely no script she was told everything that she was supposed to say by brain uh, they ran through some lines, I think, beforehand, but there was no actual paper script. Wow. She asked for a copy of the script, you know, when she got the job, and he he said no. He didn't say there is no script. But he said he said no. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and uh, apparently, there was no script on set. Either. Oh my god! So what that speaks to me is you know, we've all seen pass through now. And since we know so much is done in post, as you said, yeah, was the tiger a concept of Breen, or was it an inspiration to Breen because she has a tattoo, or mm-hmm. she's called the tiger, and maybe in their thirty-minute drives from place to place, and they're actually sure. talking about their personal lives a little bit, 
uh, you know, she might have brought up the tiger and then <laughs> the finish talk with Neil Breen. <laughs> the finished <laughs> amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh I I perhaps there was no tiger on set. There was no real conversation about that on there was set. No, there was no tiger on set? <laughs> Glad you were sitting down for that revelation. Yeah, I, I, I got to watch that I part see the again. disbelief on I your face. I see what you're saying, though, is that like he could have just added all that in post. Right. Because right. when you say that, like now I'm just... I mean, I'm just I'm just thrown for a loop. Because, because it, it makes me wonder, like, is this movie like Curb Your Enthusiasm? Or like... Like I saw Climax recently, which is also an improvised right. film. There's like the script is like two pages long, um, and like it a is bare that. outline, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it is. Like here's your motivation. Here's who you are. Here's basically what you want to say. It makes sense why there's so many repeated lines, you know, because these people are just like maybe repeating the one line he said to say, right, and then f- putting in their own filler, and that's why it's kind of so bad so many times. It makes me. I mean, as, oh, it, it creates all these questions. Like, is there a script? Like, is there a script he has, or is he just literally just making the shit up? Just winging it as he goes. Right. Does he know? Like, does he know in his head exactly the whole story? Has he got all the lines memorized himself? Is he just in the moment saying, this is what I think you should say? You know, like, there's so many things. I don't even even know where to begin with that. He could be thinking about it on that car ride. Right. You know, from picking her up at the hotel yeah. and taking her out to the set. I mean, you, you, who knows? And we maybe used to, this will be revealed and maybe it won't. I don't know but. if you've if you've ever played um, tabletop role-playing games, Dungeons & Dragons yeah, and the like. a few times. You know, um, but I've played a lot. I've been a game master, dungeon master, quite a lot. And there's a lot of times where it's like you you just have to like make shit up. Like you've got an overview, you might have a module, you know, but you don't know where that story's gonna go because like, you know, Austin's played with yes. me before and we played a campaign and like I could make all the plans in the world and then these guys would just freaking change everything, you the know. Human factor. I would yeah. have like this boss written up and then they would figure out something to kill him really quick. And it's like, well, no, you guys get to kill him. Like that you you did this. I'm gonna let it happen and we're gonna roll with it. And it becomes a a game of improvisation and it's like almost makes me more like is he the on-site game master you know like is he doing that is he like thinking he's okay, the green master <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is how he's gonna solve this issue on a day-to-day basis and like what are the things he's thinking about which honestly if that's the case like i think it makes him like maybe more of a genius you know like if he's like really just kind of doing this stuff uh like stream of consciousness Film directing uh, is really interesting. Right. In a mad genius sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. was her overall experience with him pleasant or was, was she, she creeped she, out? Well, she she seemed she seemed very positive on it. I mean, obviously, I don't re- I don't know when this recording was made, how soon after pass through, you know, it actually she was interviewed. But uh, she seemed overall positive, except she did not like the drives, obviously, in yeah. the non-air yeah. condition. Yeah, I vehicle. Either. I mean, she's a gorgeous Las Vegas model. She's probably more accustomed to a better, yeah, being, better, pampered. being pampered a little sure. bit more than, hey, get in my stinky truck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's clean. <laughs> right. right. Let's drive it's out to clean. the desert. <laughs> but it just reminds me of like the end of that movie, like when they're barely touching fingers and hands at the end. Here's the bigger question. And and again, I'm all of this is coming from a third party source of course, yeah. in an interview totally. a while ago. But 
Josh was always convinced that it was made in a weekend, you know, or two weekends or whatever. Sure. And and, and I, I tend to agree with that based on the look of the film. What throws me for a loop in it being a 12-day shoot on pass-through in particular is that... But that's just that, with her, right? R- right, right. I mean, yeah, he could have done... I mean, and I will say that to I think pass through might be the exception to that because it does have like the biggest cast. You know, there's a lot of sure. side things happening in pass through, so I could see that one being a longer one. And, and and also, you know, like we talked and joked about how like they ran away, the the, uh-huh. the girl and her niece right, you know, right, ran right. away, and then they showed them getting in the truck in the very next scene, and then yeah. they were still outside. I mean, if you don't have a script and you're yeah. just working with it, that could be like, uh, hey, I'm setting up the camera, everybody run in the truck. Right now, just everybody right. we got here just running the truck. Or and somebody that, doing continuity. Yeah. Well, continuity is done by Neil Breen. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And that's done by NNB Enterprises, actually. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, he had that dirt on his face the whole movie. Wow. How do you keep that dirt in the same spot on your face for 12 <sighs> days? You can't do that. I mean, it. I mean, even they don't if you have a don't shower budget. Yeah, even if you don't shower, you're right. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, now, it's like now I feel like I, I have to go through and watch his entire filmography again and look at it with those eyes. Right. Because, like, you know, is the dirt really the same or is it actually moving and it just seems like it's the same, right? Like, or are the scenes where you actually see the dirt, like, actually, you know, what do they call that? Like a lock-off shot or something, right? Where it's like you don't see the other person. You know, like, are they all close-ups that actually have that? Did he maybe shoot all of his close-ups? That's, yeah, that's... You know, separately that possible. have the dirt on his face. Because there are a lot of, like, weird cuts to, like, his face, right? Things like that. So what if he actually shoots the rest of the people in 12 days? And then he, like, goes out to the desert by himself and shoots some. I mean, I've got to well, believe that all Double Down is a lot that. drone shots could have been done at their own time sure. with no cast sure you know or or one operator and him just you know sitting there yeah yeah, yeah. uh so yeah i mean there's that could have been part of it but yeah i think that definitely it's like if you look at double down that's a film i could believe that i mean he did mostly himself like most of the other actors in double down it's like i mean and maybe this is incorrect but the feeling i get is that most of double down is like him in the desert and i know there's like other plot lines no and yeah like no that. i Having just rewatched Double Down right. uh, very recently, it's about 40% him in the desert, uh-huh. 30% stock, genuine right, stock footage. Right. And a lot of the scenes where he's actually talking with somebody else, mm-hmm. there's still only one person on camera at any given time. Right. So there could be, it, they could easily be shot at a different time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's the guy with the patent leather shoes? Black pants. Yeah, that's the coat. question. I was it's, just gonna, yeah, because I just saw that. At as least well. like three of the films have this mysterious figure that right. shows up. We so, gotta um, start talking about like the stuff that think, has like this thread through. I think yeah. they all do. I actually think there's at least one case in all the films. What is it with the patent leather shoes? Oh, and the okay. Pants. That was something I was trying to. There's there's pay one what? To. At, at least one shot of the. Oh, like soulless body you know, in the, every the single pants, one, yeah, and and shoes in um, every yeah. one of the movies. I'm very certain that it's in every one of the movies. Yeah. Well, I was just saying at least like three of them that I I'm, right. I'm aware of, um, that it's never been solved or yet. exposed yeah. in yet. any way. 
I mean, but we it's, and it seen started them all. with it started with Double Down right. because it was very apparent. It's when the the other cars showed up and then these feet came out mm-hmm. and kind of kicked the boots, which and, was the only character in Double Down that got through his force field and survived. Right. Yeah, interesting Th- theories. Nothing. Because there's nothing really to go on. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I don't know. I mean... I think it's Cade. Like this whole time? Doing the virtual reality. Mm. Because there were times where... uh, I don't remember. I mean, it's just a big blur of films. Uh, But I remember him walking down the hallway. Maybe this was... God, was that Twisted Pair? So that... But then disappeared into the wall. I think it's I can't remember which one, but that same that same scene where he's looking in the mirror and then he walks away and there's still somebody in the Mm -hmm. mirror was Fateful Findings. Okay. So then like right before that scene or right after that scene, there is the shoes with the pants. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. But then then again that happens in Twisted Pair, so I don't know if there's a connection there. I think there's clearly a connection. I mean that's that's, maybe that's what leads it. It's a very strange shot to the tone that the rest of Fateful Findings, you know, puts out. I mean, all of a sudden there's kind of like a nightmare sequence in the middle there. The the frames are rattling on the wall. The, it has the evil dead moment with the Breen in the foreground and the Breen in the mirror doing... He was right, just adjusting his headset, well, isn't Well, isn't the... The the man in the black shoes also appears at his bedside? Wasn't that the one where he's like, what are you doing here? Yes. So that's who he is referring to because the he walked up to the door and oh, kind of yeah. disappeared yes. like right. through the door and that's and Neil Breen woke up and it's like who are you what are you doing here I don't remember and that's like the only time he that. talks to him right that he addresses that it's not yeah, him yeah possibly, yeah I feel like we're gonna like if we edit those all together it's gonna give us like a map to Hobbs End or something. <laughs> Cut them all out and just kind of <laughs> stitch it exactly. all together. And yeah, I I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> well, and then you got you got two moons. I am still perplexed. What the heck does I am still dot 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 perplexed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, we see his butt, you know, quite often, <laughs> but not not those types of moons. But like, why do we see like? <laughs> Well, yeah. So when, sometimes when we see two and, moons. Sometimes we see like one does moon. the the underball moon count as another one? Because then there's two moons. Well, it's right. two moons even there because it's, true, it's, it's the, Green Moon and his yeah. fiance that just got killed. Moon hashtag Avenge oh, the Fallen. Oh, I didn't even think of that. So you see both the butts, which are two moons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Because <laughs> I wrote this down because I I, I kind of had like an aha moment a couple weeks ago. Okay, so you have the two moons, and then after, since Double Down, you've seen like this little red dot. Yeah. Yeah, the dot. Double Down has the red dot. Has the red dot because of the laser, laser scope yeah. from that, that killed his fiance. Okay. But it looks like a more traditional laser scope right. red dot than the burned in the screen dot. No, I'm saying, at, well, the two moons don't look like butts in the other movies. <laughs> what I'm saying <laughs> is that you might have made a connection right there yeah. between the two butts, which are two moons, I, and then I the laser the, scope. When I saw the, the laser scope in my last rewatch, it was an aha moment for me. I'm like, uh-huh. what? The dot went all the way back. I mean, obviously, it's not the same dot. Right. But... Uh, 
it, it was definitely. I mean, unless that's somebody aiming a time gun from the future, and that dot is shining through all of the films all the way back to the beginning of Double Down. Possibly. And there is that scene in Pass Through as well, or just a small cut where they show the three clocks, and the dot is on one of the three clocks. Right. Which was previously two clocks earlier in the movie. Oh, and I then a third clock appears the next time we see the clocks. Oh, God, we got to get into numbers. So there's three candles at the beginning of Twisted Pear. Right. And, and three, three cats. cats. And three cats. Yeah. We thought it was all just doubles, but now we're finding triples everywhere, which could be the clue for the oh, sixth movie. Twisted triplets. <laughs> <laughs> if only that was, is what it was called. That would be incredible. I... I, I really do feel that the uh, the feat does mean something going forward into his, his films. We're going to see a sixth movie here in another year or so, and there will definitely be... More feet. More feet. Yeah. and uh, Or more of that feet person. And it's it's got to be answered or resolved maybe at some point. I'm, I'm definitely thinking I should have rewatched all the movies. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't really have the ability to. A lot of them are out of print, and Austin has all of them. Anyway. <laughs> 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 um, well, no. He's, he's going to make you a VHS copy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that's really interesting. Um, he's not getting any younger. He's not. How, how long is he going to hold this out until? It's how like, old is he? Just, Do we know? I haven't looked that up. He denies that he's 60, but that's, you know. I could see. Yeah, he's got to be 60. (sighs) He was probably in double down, like, let's be generous and say in his late 40s, like maybe mid 40s. Generously, we can say early 40s, which would make him his late 50s now. So, God, that's being really generous. Yeah. I mean, really generous. That's the kind of guy that Josh is. Yeah, just a generous yeah. dude. Um, so because people were were saying, you know, happy birthday to Breen. I can't. I can't remember when that. Probably like three or four months ago. And even like Wikipedia says that he turned sixty, and somebody emailed him and said, "Well, you know, happy sixtieth birthday." And he's like, "Well, you're you're a few years off, right? You know, not quite there yet, or whatever." He said, "I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was very short, of course, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's his answers to emails." Wikipedia says he turned sixty on November twenty third. There we go. Okay, yeah. but he denies that. <laughs> he denies it. Yes, <laughs> like a flat earther. Right. Yeah. How old are you then, man? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that it necessarily matters, no. except for the fact except that I just for the fact that nobody I lives forever. I don't want him to do a Stanley Kubrick yeah. and leave us with something that just wasn't what? like have what are you a lot talking of about hootspah. I don't want to get in a discussion of Eyes Wide Shut the, the, his, <laughs> between the his, two of us. <laughs> maybe his masterpiece, Eyes Wide Shut. Okay, you're right. We won't well, get I'm just, into this. I'm just saying yeah. that you know. It I would wasn't. say, but you know, or like what people are worried that George R. R. Martin's going to do, right? You know, like not you know, finish it, right? You know, yeah. and he's got multiple books, I think, to go still. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's always a concern. But he seems. I mean, you know, I'll say this: Breen seems like he's in good shape. Sure. You know, seems like he probably takes care of himself pretty well. But um, I want him to outlive me, is what I'm probably yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Well, he can travel through time. I think he's good. Yeah, it's true. 
He can and is maybe a robot slash alien. And if yeah. he dies, if he can probably AI, just bring himself back I mean, to he life. He can just put his brain into a new brain. But what about me? What do you what know you... about? Sorry. What do you know about his <laughs> career? I want to know. I want to know. Is he a real estate agent? Like, what do we know about him? We've been holding it back. Yeah, you, you've oh. been teasing some secret knowledge of the brain. No, I don't have any secret knowledge. <laughs> I, <don't>. <laughs> <laughs> I introduced you guys to the Well, Facebook that was the final episode of the <laughs> podcast. <yeah. laughs> no, just, I mean, just from just regular research or from, I, I mean, you know, this is from uh, different people from different sources or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I've learned is that he's a real estate agent in uh, in Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think with, like, Edina Realty. Okay. Um, so he's still active. Is, I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I've seen pictures of his uh, uh, signs. signs um, and that the phone number is actually his phone number. Um, I mean, of course, you know, Photoshop is Photoshop. Can we call him? You were just in sure, Vegas, you, dude. I know. You should have like tried to go buy a house from him or something. There you go. I could have. <laughs> I was just telling these guys too that I unfortunately wasn't able to visit the university. Oh yeah, because we went a day late. Because and also Vegas in sports know? ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I heard it's it, what it's like maybe like twenty twenty five miles south of. Yeah, that Vegas wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he graduated college with an architectural degree, but never necessarily pursued it. But I've heard from other people that that is his profession, is right. being architecture, but I've heard that that's just his, hmm. the degree that he graduated from college. Sure, possible. So Yeah, yeah. People get degrees they don't use all the time. Right. right. Um but I don't know specifically what his job him. is. If you, if you want to, okay. And, and At least it's housing adjacent, you know. Sure. Building adjacent. Building adjacent. Sure. Yes. You know. Yeah, I figure architect because I don't want to say houses, because architects just don't only design houses. They design buildings. Yeah. And real estate doesn't always just sell houses either. They sell buildings sometimes. So yeah. building adjacent, Good. I think, is yeah. more appropriate. Like a... Uh, 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 Brady, what's his, uh, the dad in uh, Brady Bunch? Oh, yes. Mike, Mike Brady? Yeah. Mike Brady? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Daddy Brady? Designs yeah, Daddy Brady. or whatever. Totally. Is that what he does? Yeah, that's right. He does. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would definitely... I mean, it's it's a heck of a journey. Um, I love, honestly, the community. You know, is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, that around Neil Breen, you know, and I I definitely get, you know, what you're talking about about the. Uh, I mean, it, it seems to be a tongue in cheek, like you know, religious reverence. Sure. You know. Sure. Like, and and I think well deserved. But the memes are great. Fantastic. Yeah. And it still just amazed me I'd never heard of Neil Breen before all this. You know, it's, that's, I think, just truly what's amazing is that how many people are still uninitiated. Well, it's based on that av- availability. I mean, if, if one Good day point. we woke up and all five of his movies were on Netflix. Oh, yeah. He would be, he would blow up. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, in a way, maybe that's why he doesn't make these things more readily available. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wants his life to be 
not much bigger than it already is. You know, he already has a fan base. What happens when you take the lid off of that and you become a, po- a Tommy Wiseau, you know, popular figure? He might not want that attention. He might not want that lifestyle. Well, right. so, and and supposedly too, the part of the reason why the first two movies he's not supplying anymore, I would probably guess it's as simple as he just ran out of his own stock, and he just didn't want to print more. I think so. But I've also heard that. Because when you go to Amazon and look up Double Down, it's on there. So it did sell through Amazon at one point. So I don't know if the rights like for on that. the streaming video or like the actual DVD was sold through? No, the actual DVD was uh, on there. Now it just says like currently unavailable. Like was it just, did Amazon just sell the little jewel case? You're asking something from now. Back I want to know 2005. that. 2005. I mean, you just see the, that was like early Amazon then too. I, I mean, they didn't even have like. Amazon I mean, it might have been later on. Again, I'm I'm a late adopter too. Sure. I'm, you know, I, Truth, I yeah, it's true. only been a couple of years that I've been aware of this right, guy. Right. Right. I don't go that far back, but uh, yeah, the, all that stuff is currently unavailable. And to go back, if you want to know a little bit more, I've also heard that he. He had he had kids. He has had ki- he does have kids, children. He has grandkids. Well, see, you just answered you your know, question because like even sisters I think someone will carry the legacy forward. Then, because I mean, you can't be the prodigal son, right? You know, you can't be the son of Neil Breen or daughter of Neil Breen and admit it and not be a genius that's going to carry that important work forward. The, the filming aspect? Of yeah. It? I think this, you know... I don't know. I mean, this might be the Quitsock Hatterack or something, right? You know? I mean, it's like... <laughs> you broke the bloodline. <laughs> you know? David Lynch has kids, too. I mean, and, you know, Jennifer Lynch made, is a filmmaker, but I don't see her really, like, following yeah. her dad or... Yeah. Sofia Coppola. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but, but Sofia Coppola's films aren't carrying on... The style and tone, yeah, of Francis Ford Coppola. She's doing her own thing. But Francis sure. Ford Coppola is also alive. Like uh, you know, maybe True. maybe yeah. if he would have passed away at a younger age and she was continuing, like she would have made The Godfather Four or something. That would be a hell of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia Coppola's Godfather. <laughs> um, I wonder how old the kids are. You know, like does he have? Can you imagine? He's got. They got to be older by now, right? If he's like almost sixty, sure. They'd probably, probably be in their thirties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He could have grandkids by now. No, he does. Supposedly, he does have he grandkids. Does have Is grandkids. it possible that any of them are in any of the movies? Um, well, there's the family that he's like, you know, in Double Down. There's like the family that what I'm pretty sure is like inside his house. And I've always wondered if that was just, like, relatives of his. Definitely not kids. Probably not his kids. That might have been his granddaughter, you know, who he gave, like, the the stone to or something, right? He'd give, her, give it to her? Well, no, that he, was a he lifetime tried ago. to... Double Down was the one where he tried to cure her cancer. Right, and right. Fails. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the only kid that was in the movie in Double Down, was the young girl, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the younger version of Breen and his wife that danced around in the desert. Oh, yes. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Right. But, uh, but yeah, the only. But then I've heard that he, he, he doesn't use like his friends. 
or family. No, he never said family. He doesn't use uh-huh. his family. Well, there's definitely a couple of those supplemental actors that have appeared in multiple movies. Right. For sure. Um, the, the guy who gets killed by the uh, invisible force shield that looks like a young Eminem is in one of the other movies. I can't remember which one is another thug, uh-huh. young thug. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's on screen. This guy like goes ah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I liked. Did you guys see this poll on the group? What is Neil Breen's political ideology based on his characters? No, no I, I, I missed that. I, I kind of like this one because this was like a poll where, of course, like a lot of polls, you could add your own poll option. But uh, got them getting the most votes was Breenian. It's like appropriate. Okay. But I like that you, some of the options here are pretty interesting. Anti-corruption, revolutionary, <laughs> environmental, techno-fascist. That got the second most votes mm-hmm. at 23 votes. Um, anarchist, communist, tinfoil nonsensicalist, <laughs> libertarian, 14 votes, anarcho-breenist, Futurist, environmentalist, libertarian, anarcho-fascist revolutionary, which is very similar to the anti-corruption revolutionary environmental (laughs) techno-fascist, alien supremacist, (laughs) vaguely Nevada-type right libertarian populist, sort of. That sounds legit. (laughs) That sounds legit. The Breen Party. (laughs) Ooh, I like that. Um... Secret, secret, secret agent, soldier, fighter, pilot, computer scientist, hacker, biochemical engineering, terrorist, activist, plus cancer powers and magic rocks with one vote. <laughs> it was probably the guy oh that my created God. that one. Oh, my God. I had an aha moment. Okay. He's Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, yeah. there you go. There it is. Perfect. I can live vicariously through these films thinking it's just Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. Yeah. What if Peter Weller was the guy in the black shoes? Holy shit. Could you imagine? That, that be turns out to be reveal. right. Could That's you imagine if that happens? And then you literally we remember back to this podcast and like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I made it happen. Quick, tell me I'm going to win the lottery tomorrow. So one thing that, that was this big explosion of information that happened in Twisted Pair was the meta-inclusion brought on by the fairy within the movie theater, Mm -hmm. home movie theater, uh, that showed pass-through. Right. Which pretty much put Breen within Breen, which said that Breen is in Breen is is Breen-averse. incredibly hot. Breen and Breen. Breen and Breen. It's like... uh, a Breen Russian doll. Just imagine a Russian doll, but with different versions of Breen from his different movies. So, um, so watching like everything all the yes. way up up to that point when when that happened, and I think you got up, Josh, and you you were like dumping out your I was getting some water, water or and throwing away or my plate. Yeah, said, oh, yeah, you're missing this. Yeah, um, at the exact moment. What did that feel like to you guys? Because it it came up. Other than you, Austin, you you know you can sit back. All but right. uh, but no, I mean you you <laughs> no, did like the reverse, yes. you know, part of it. Uh, like when you saw that, because that was that was like just hitting the nail on the head of 
Like, what does this mean? I was convinced at that point that the film is not in reality and that it is virtual reality. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you had right. said right. that and before. And so yeah. that, you know, because of that, you know, if it's not real, if it's not in virtual reality, then um, there, you know, that that whole thing is not actually happening in our reality. So that doesn't really change the fact that it exists, you know, because we're still going to believe even in that virtual world that pass through is a movie. Right. So, you know, even if that's the case, that still kind of opens up a, you know, a can of worms, uh, you know, just in terms of intellectually trying to figure all that out. Um, but, yeah, my reaction was, oh, well, you know, this is happening because this isn't real right now. Have you ever seen the movie Overdrawn at the Memory Bank? No. That, uh, that with Raul Julia. OK. Uh, it it. It's more famously um, been uh, riffed by uh, the MST3K guys. Okay, so it's a bad um, movie. I'm sorry. It's a bad movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I yeah. mean, it's it's it's, it's just a, surprising. Raul Julia doesn't seem to be like the kind of guy being a movie that'd be riffed on with MST3K. It, it was a it was a PBS uh, Canadian. Okay. Made for TV. Made for TV movie kind of thing. Okay. Which kind of had some similar themes to it, to where he got stuck in this virtual environment and was and realized that he could control not only the the unreality that he was in, mm-hmm. but could reach out outside of that and could control and manipulate the outside world as well, and was a threat to the 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 corporations. Okay. Um, who wanted to control everything through these means. And he was like this kind of outsider rebel and it's set in the future. So where they abolished all um, types of entertainment that didn't have to do with this corporation that controlled it. It's, it's really interesting. It's not like the greatest, (laughs) it's obviously not an interesting idea. It it is a really interesting idea. And of course, while Julia is is just, is magnetic Mm -hmm. anytime that he's on the screen, God rest his soul, that, uh, it's, it's worth a watch. And it, it reminds me a lot of what Neil Breen has done with uh, different themes in in that respect, and it's, and especially since you ever mentioned that with Twisted Pair, that it's all just like a a VR, and and we're all just it's kind of like a matrixy thing. We're all just plugged into it, yeah, and doing all this different stuff, and and do these uh, these uh, these bowls of just like shiny objects, which is just like the Bitcoin within this universe, <laughs> right, right, or any kind of market that's on like some. Uh, M M O R P O R G E whatever mm, right. <laughs> whatever they yeah, yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean those those markets, you know. Cryptocurrency or something like that or cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cryptocurrency. Um and it makes sense. And then actually I wonder if you can help me parse something out. So there's the part in Twisted Pair where she says it's virtual reality, the corrupt version. Right? That's yeah. Mm-hmm. So does that mean there's an uncorrupt version? Are we in the corrupt version when we see Twisted Pair? What is what do you think that means, the corrupt version? What do you think that has implications for? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the uncorrupt version was the I mean, we're talking about a movie that I only saw once, you know, a month ago, but right. three weeks ago. But maybe the uncorrupt version was what he was playing through first, you know, like with the soldiers. 
Okay. And he was just flying through because I, I believe that conversation happens after yeah, she's after like, the are the you ready for your couple, next assignment or yeah, do you want to take mission. a break? Right. And okay. And then she's like, here's the corrupt version. Um, and then you know, that's like, the like, rest go, of the film. Go fix this. You know, go because you're brain. You need to solve the corruption. You need to remove that. So have the parts where he like kidnaps corrupt and brings them to his basement. Does that all happen after that scene? I that's I'm curious. I, I'm ready to rewatch. Twisted yeah. Paired any yeah. 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 Moment, yeah. Because if so, that would be an interesting thing for the end of the film. Because if all that, the uncorrupt version was just like a power fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, or the uncorrupt version, right? And then the corrupt version was the one with all the corrupt people. And he's got to cleanse them, essentially. Do you think that the, the pants and shoes person could be Coos? Hmm. Like... If we if we do subscribe to the virtual reality theory that he can show up anywhere and he's already changed actors in the same movie, that he could have been the person monitoring Breen throughout his previous adventures. I mean, does Coos wear shoes like that? I mean, like, we also don't know, yeah, know. Um, whose theater that is. Uh, right, yeah. I mean, we assume it's. I assumed it was Kuz's theater because of the fairy being the one to point it out. Reasonable. Or, sorry. Well, yeah. Well, and then. Muse. Well, and the, yeah. And, and then when she disappeared in, in the home theater, uh, her shoes with the little jewels inside remained. So she faded away in the room. Oh, okay. And then they did like a close up shot of her spiky uh, gold shoes. And then it had the jewels that Coos had in his bowls. Oh, the, in yeah, the, the big diamonds, yeah. Yeah. The diamonds. Diamonds. They were giant. Yeah. Giant diamonds. The Hobby Lobby. Yes. <laughs> jewels section. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was just an idea that just popped in now just because we're, we're yeah, talking I don't know. about the shoe person. and I, I mean, I, I still I stand by the, the shoe theory is it can't just be a coincidence at this point i mean he's literally putting it into every movie it's trademark at this point uh there, there's got to be a deeper meaning there for him i don't know if breen even knows it you know it might just be a, like a through line and he's like i'll figure this out you know sure i'll, I'll you know, maybe i'll maybe i'll follow up on this at some point maybe see I and for me this is why it's so interesting is because when i was making movies quote uh, back in college, <laughs> nice own like uh, auto sneer uh, quotes, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't Why, be, don't don't be, be so, so hard, hard on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but my friends and I, we we would do. St- I mean, ever, since I don't know, maybe I was like maybe twelve or thirteen years old. We were doing stuff with um, the equipment from the local community uh, cable access stations, and. They, you know, they were they they were just these things like we had no idea what we were doing, mm-hmm. but we were having fun. And I look back on them now, which is like, oh my gosh, like, you know, thirty something years ago, um, and they're they're incompetent, but but at the same time they're they're kind of charming, and they had more cohesion and and understanding and simplistic understanding than than a Neil Breen thing did. 
but what was more interesting to me personally and why I've gravitated so much and an appreciation for Neil Breen is once I got into college, I was doing stuff that was more like Neil Breen. Mm-hmm. And I, these static shots of things that didn't really make much sense, but I wanted just kind of a, a lockdown shot, have people in a room, invite my friends over, say, okay, we're having a party. So pretend like we're hanging out and having a party. And it would just be this long shot, but then I'd have individuals who I would say, okay, well, I need you to do this, this, and this, and this. But it would take probably a good like 10, 15 minutes to just get this one static lockdown shot to get over with. Yeah. And I thought it was great because this is something that you don't necessarily see in other things. And it it never did any close-ups. It never did anything where it focused on the audio Mm -hmm. on certain areas or any kind of overdubs. It's just that I thought that you would kind of listen to other people who are chattering on the sides, that you would focus in on maybe something that maybe, you know, two people were conversing back and forth. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of it as maybe an experimental thing. I just thought that I, my brain was just going, this is what I have to do and this is how it has to be. And I'm thinking that's how Neil Breen kind of operates of like there's certain things that I want to have accomplished and I'm just throwing this out there because anytime that I would show my my student films to my fellow students, they were just like, I can't fucking watch this. This is terrible. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you like just showing us this room and I don't know where I'm supposed to be focused? It's going on way too long. Why can't you, you know, this, this and this and this? It's like, I don't know that's how it kind of turned out at the time (laughs) well that's a pretty robert altman-esque well yeah i mean to sound in particular well yeah but i mean it was very unfocused i can can admit to that super interesting you just brought that up actually because like i i've been going through an altman phase like i've realized like everybody should i'm like actually like woefully uneducated in robert altman um but i you know recently watched long goodbye um uh, the player is one of my favorite movies ever oh yeah um, and then I was, you know, I, I have my, this is one of the smartest decisions I've ever done. Um, when I turn my cable box on, I've got my default channel to TCM. Nice. Um, and so just, you know, there's those times where I like, tur- you know, or it's, if I watch anything on DVR and it ends, it just defaults back to TCM. Right. So like I'm constantly catching parts of movies and I'll get sucked in and watch them. And California Split was on um, and it just started. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got to educate myself in Altman. So I'm going to I'm going to watch this damn yeah. movie. And that whole beginning of the movie is exactly what you're just talking about. The beginning of a lot of Altman movies yeah. are, are very similar. I mean, even even movie I mean California Split's a, a perfect case because obviously you have so much casino stuff yeah. and, and sound is happening because yeah. you're there uh, but like you have movies like uh, Three Women where characters are just talking like in a restaurant type scene and you can hear everybody and the main character who's actually talking isn't actually talking to anybody really or, or nobody's uh-huh. listening I should right. say yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's also by herself so she's not actually talking to anybody in particular uh, so yeah, he plays with that a lot, but you can, you know, even, um, McCabe and Mrs. Miller and, you know, uh, other films that mm-hmm. he's out, he, which is a Western, he has this kind of open level sound where everything that happens is important to him. Uh, 
but it's hard to focus on what the actual yeah. narrative is sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and he likes natural dialogue, too, right. where people are will talk over each other, even at times. Yeah. California Split is <laughs> very much that movie. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And Shortcuts is like that, you know, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean... Popeye. It sounds like the, you know, the art, and I guess, like, really, it's all based on what is somebody getting out of it. And I think a situation is like, you know, the students that you may have shown it to, maybe they didn't get it, they didn't respond to it. If it's something that was out on the internet, let's say, if that was a time that it, you know, existed, uh, you know, then, nope. you know, you might get people that responded to it. And I think you see that kind of thing a lot. Like You, you will never see my stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, that's okay. You won't even show you, it to us yeah, in the on. comfort of this home. Do you just not just have one? it? <laughs> He's obviously got it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it. I understand. I understand living <laughs> in a a pre digital uh, and and recorded world. I oh, mean, but I, I do. I do have to say this to my credit, uh-huh. which I really love this fact. I, I hated it for this fact for years. I was approached by a fellow student to make a a, a, a video for her based on this concept for one of her classes. Yeah. And I did it based on, you know, the ideas that I had and, uh, you know, I was available to do it and and I did it. And when it was presented, she decided after she saw it to employ a different student to remake what I did. So actually that somebody remade something that I did completely from scratch. Sure. And it was much tighter. It was a lot funnier. Right. Where mine was just a little bit more esoteric and out there and a little bit, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I like the long shots. Right, right. Of things that might go a little bit too long and, yeah. Have you really seen focused. Climax? I have not yet, no. Favorite movie of the year, by the way. Have you seen it yet? I haven't. I really wanted to. Christ, guys, go see Climax. Yeah. It's incredible. But um, And it's like exactly what we're talking about. Largely improvised, very long shots, party scenes, people talking, um, you know, all that kind of thing. But I think what I find most interesting is in the idea of if Neil Breen is this guy who, you know, you can call him a low-budget filmmaker. I mean, it's like... He's he's like almost making avant-garde cinema that's also like genre grindhouse cinema. So it's like super, super interesting. But call him what you want. Like if he's putting these things in, like if he's making this conscious effort to put in the the shoes guy, you know, like whatever we're gonna call him, in every single one of his films, like that's hella interesting. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Even if, like, he... And I don't know if it's a matter of he lacks craft or if he's a mad evil genius. And maybe not even that, like, he knows he's making quote-unquote bad movies, but, like, maybe he knows enough to hire people that are maybe not even the best actors in the world, but, like, also don't give him anything to work with so that he knows he's going to get these kind of shitty performances out of people, and that's what's going to make people laugh. Um, And I think about all the time, like, if he's doing that intentionally and if he actually is, like, this genius behind it, that's not a new thing, like, where people kind of pull things in. I mean, think about... I always used to have this idea when I was younger and, like, I don't know, like whatever like in my 20s and i think you know every one of us knows what it's like to be a man in your 20s and you're just like 
you know, busting through the doors of consciousness, man. I figured it all out. I got it, man. You know, fight the system, and I see through it. And, yeah, you know, and every one of us goes through that. I'm sure probably a lot of women do, too, but I know, like, every man does. Um, I can't speak to their experience, but I, what I can say is during that time, I had this very clear opinion that the Beatles intentionally started their career with I Want to Hold Your Hand. And they did this because they wanted people to listen to the the sappy songs that don't mean anything and become the biggest band in the world and do all that kind of stuff to rope people in so that when they started going down the Rubber Soul route and during the White Album and all that stuff, they had a fucking message to tell people and they wanted to rope people in with all the fluff first. And... I think that ultimately, even if that's not what happened, that's kind of, if not what they intended, that's kind of what happened. And if that's the same path that Neil Breen is taking, but yet it's not like I'm going to create these like sappy love songs that are going to make girls scream their heads off, but I'm going to make bad movies that are going to make everybody share them because of how bad they are. But they're actually going to be slyly, really, really intelligent and have a through line and really genius. That's incredible. Like, that's an incredible thing. And I don't know whether that's just us reading into it, but I refuse to believe that it's all accidental. Like, I don't believe that Neil Breen is the second coming, but I also don't believe he's just a hack filmmaker who's burning off discs and trying to get 30 bucks a pop for him. Because if so, why put in that stuff? Right. Why put in the red dot? Why put in all that? The, the, the shoes? Yeah, guy? he's not he's not Roger Corman. Right. In some way where he's just trying to, you know, earn a buck. Right. And he clearly isn't, you know, because otherwise he would be selling merchandise, right? right? He'd be yeah. making money any way he could. Yeah. But it also goes back, I mean, when, when you were starting to say uh, about, uh, you know, maybe, you know, getting an audience and then doing your art afterwards, it right. reminds me of, and I, I can't do the direct quote, but uh, Al Jorgensen from Ministry has also said the same thing. The very first Ministry album mm -hmm. is just this total like fluff synth pop sort of stuff. Right. He always said, "Do your sellout." Is that the Everyday is Halloween? I I, can, I don't remember. I, stuff or okay. I don't know what the first album was. It it was it. I remember it had like their their faces, and they kind of had like a flock of seagulls, like post look flock of them, seagulls yeah. look to them. Um, and and like this border around it that was kind of almost like salmon colored. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was very like gentrified, right? Uh, and then well, uh, they weren't quite a filth pig yet. Right? Exactly, yeah. And so then he said, "Well, you know, first you do your your sellout record, and then after that, after then you can do whatever the fuck you want, you know." And that's pretty much what they did, and they pioneered that. Um, but yeah, no, I yeah. I wanted yeah, to totally. That, and I think that it's, I think that's a, a, a interesting move. I don't know whether he's doing that, but, but then there's okay, well, and more. then and then look at this, like the stuff that, I mean, I okay, I saw Twisted Pair in a theater of people who saw. I I would assume like all of his works up to this point, and it seemed like one of those things of. You're in college. This gets passed around mm -hmm. from room to room, dorm to dorm, and everybody's like, "Oh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. You got to watch this." By the end of Twisted Pair, people were screaming, and 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 I've said this before. You know, they're on their feet and they're clapping. Uh, they knew what the references were, and I'm wondering if if Neil up to a certain point, because even like in Twisted Pair, I felt at some times 
that he was kind of winking at us. Yeah. But not in like an ironic way, but in a way of maybe like he's learned over the years of what people have responded to. Right. Like he's like, okay, people like these superimposed uh, animals. And so they like me interacting with animals. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do more of that. Yeah. Not in an ironic way, but that's what, you know, I'm giving the people what they want. Yeah, well, I agree. I don't feel, he, he doesn't ever feel pandering. You know, like it never has gotten to that point. Yeah. Where he's become a parody of himself. Oh, he's not a joke. Right. At all. He's definitely not a joke. But I do, I do feel like now hearing that pass through had no script, the scene where the niece, I forget her name, Mm -hmm. just looks at him and goes, You're a weird dude. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and Breen smiles afterwards. I mean, that I, I genuinely think that could have been a. Like on the right. moment, you know, thing where she just literally felt like. Well, that. there are times and like throughout all the movies where <clears throat> he just starts kind of laughing, and I don't think he expects <laughs> to get that kind of laugh. Right. Yeah, I also think like imagine if he is just like making it up as he goes, and he, okay, so let's 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 take the Wayback Machine all the way to I Am Here. And so he's like driving with his like non air conditioning car, picks up some actress. There's no script. He's like, okay, we're gonna lay in bed and make love. Huh? Really? Is that what we're gonna do? Like, it would explain a whole lot about the the reticence of wanting to do what this guy says when there's not even a script to go on. Right? You know. Um, cause God, I'm sure that a lot of actresses have probably dealt with every kind of trick, right? You know, and that's a really fascinating thing that he can even actually get these performances out of people that way. Well, he, 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 the video clip that Adam showed us before Twisted Pair yeah. of the Q and A, he, he made a conscious comment, I believe in that clip, unless I'm confusing it with something else I watched where he's like, I pay my actors. I mean, they're all paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that interview with Corpus, you know, Kathy Corpus, uh, she also said the same thing. She was like, she was paid like three times what her rate would have been awesome. on hmm. any other movie. Right. And, and she so got, it's above she got, scale. She yeah. got paid more than any of the other actors did, which she should have. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was the focal point outside sure. of Breen himself. Uh, and, you know, money talks in that sort of case too. I mean, Definitely. Look, the the cast of I am here, the female cast. I yeah. mean, the these the mostly look like they came straight out of the strip club. Very much. Well, uh, they even and, talk about being strippers. Right. Right. They talk about being strippers in the, in the film in the clip we had, you know, oh, Green, he got very Green's, giddy about yeah, talking, he's like, about, strip talking clubs. about I really like strippers. Yeah. I mean, it, it just seems like if, you know, if it, why not? You know, throw mm-hmm. a few hundred bucks at one of these girls who don't even really need to get naked, at least on camera. Right. I mean, they're, they're might be naked in the scene, but th- sure. they're not exposed on camera. Uh, for, I mean, they're used to taking off their clothes to begin with. Right. Why not take it off in a safe setting? Sure. You know, where they're going to be paid well and, and not have to work very hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, although I think that, you know, taking your clothes off in a love scene 
are two different things maybe too well maybe that was two different people too. yeah I mean, right because right. it could have been her real boyfriend or yeah, her bodyguard yeah. or a close friend again like i don't know if that's the case maybe it was just the mask gave her the ability to act a better but she was way more into that like zombie dude that right. she was into <laughs> the you know forced well, perspective the, yeah, well i wouldn't say way more into it but a little more accepting maybe zombie mask was a side effect of her just not wanting to do a love scene and so he's like i need this love scene in here let's put in a zombie mask that goes unexplained in the rest of the film and i can use it in a couple other scenes right and and make it play out Mm -hmm. i mean if he is adapting on the fly like there and that it's look it's a decent mask but i mean it's not like it's not a mask that could have been bought at a shop at a costume shop in vegas especially sure yeah uh you know there was there there i mean there wasn't anything gratuitous about a face-to-face oh no not at all but there was something intimate about it and intimate. I mean, look, I've, you know, I know from movies, like I've never, sorry to out myself, never been with a prostitute. Okay. But like, you know, you hear through things like movies and I guess I hear it enough that it's true is like, yeah, we'll do anything, but there's no kissing, (laughs) you know, like it's like, it's like they are actually more likely if you're like a sex worker, even like, let's just say, a uh, you know a, a stripper um, you know it, you know sure I'll give you a lap dance all day long but I'm not gonna kiss you I'm not gonna give you Eskimo kisses right you know there's a level of intimacy that you don't do with your customers right and so it's you know I would just I would there was and it wasn't like when I say she was into the zombie mask I don't mean like you know it was like getting her going it was just like she seemed like genuinely tender. And, you know, again, those there was like a there was a as like an actual intimacy that you were getting there um, that I how, just how could she feeling. not laugh if you yeah, have like this, exactly because I don't I tremendous. Well, here, and here's my I mean, I know you watched it so many times that it's like this forced perspective thing. But I, I even think that there was like nobody in that head. Every time you saw it, it was like from like the chin up. Think I think it, it was like somebody, like either somebody, somebody like in a doing hand, a mask like this, or the or well, not like not from above, but like almost like. Did you see the eyes? Isn't wasn't there They're eyes black. on it? Oh, they are black. They're okay. just completely black. Neil shiny Green black. standing off screen with like a long well, stick. Well, it, it could have been like one of those um, <laughs> the string bopping thing. her in the face a little bit. <laughs> I am proposing that. Right. That it is one of those like 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 wig heads, the heads that you, yeah. then you put a wig on, yeah. but he put the mask on and totally. then have like a stick and is just sitting there just moving it. I mean, there's and, really not... And again, not... how did she not laugh? If that's the case. <laughs> even even still, right. even if it was Neil Breen if with the mask on. If she's a stripper, mm-hmm. she's probably accustomed to not laughing at clientele. That's a good point. Because she probably right. wants to do that a lot, too. Yeah, you're right. She I'm probably sure. just wanted it to oh, be Oh, I don't know. Having a zombie mask... Just kind of, you know. This is maybe different levels. Noses. I don't know. Button noses. I don't know. I've seen some of the dudes that go to strip clubs sometimes. She's like, so. I can't laugh. Otherwise, I got to do it again. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to make my day even longer. Exactly. She had like four volumes at that point, you know? Yeah, that's it. She's just, she's just volume up to yeah. her eyeballs. So relaxed got, that she can't even smile. She's got benzos running through her veins, man. She's like, <laughs> she's just out of it, man. Oh, oh man. Um, yeah. No, that's a really good point. All of that. Um, yeah, I genuinely, like, now, 
I, I it's like I kind of wish I would have known some of this stuff before, because then I just would have watched the entire filmography again with like the understanding that a it's like largely improvised, um, you know, and b like that per- forced perspective thing, which is going to make me and then also I want to see like how much of this is you know, separated shots, just reaction shots of Breen versus like how much actually has other people. Like how many are the, are there actual scenes with him interacting with other people on screen at the same time? And I know there's a fair amount, but is there a lot where it's like, it's actually just reactions of well, him see, once, separately. Once you get all these other perspectives in there and you start watching it again, that's, a, you know, that's where things get interesting. Yeah. Um, and ignites other different, ideas about what he's trying to do right i'm really curious what happens at the end of the year once we see this retrospective Mm -hmm. what it's going to satisfy and what other holes is it going to have right in it because no matter what he's not going to sit there and explain everything that we want to have explained i don't think he's going to explain anything at all narratively do you think it's just going to be the filmmaking aspect of it? I think it? it's going to be... Because he was is... very enthusiastic about, I'm going to tell you as a, somebody who never went to film school how I made these movies. Yep. yep. I think it's going to be very, very clinical like that. I don't think that he's going to get into the writing process very much, if at all. Because mm. why, why tip your hat? You know, you're you're making another movie, or you're about to make another movie. Uh, Which, if he has a Kickstarter, I am going to drain my bank account just to fund his next movie. Did he say he was having a Kickstarter? Don't well, do or that it was going to be crowdfunded. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> He'll make his money. I promise you. Unless unless there's some kind of like tier where you get to get go to be, meet him, or you that's get to fine. be in the movie. Yeah. But right. like, if it's just a oh Kickstarter, could you imagine you get to be a, in I'd be the immortal? Uh huh. I can imagine. Yeah. I can definitely imagine that. I would actually put in money to help get you in the movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think totally. So. Like, so I should yeah. start my own do Kickstarter. A, you should do a GoFundMe go for the Kickstarter. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> But there are so many people, like you know, on these forums and everything, going. I want to, you know, what do I do? I, do I know, I, you know, I know. But yeah. those to get myself sad, involved, poor fools. Right. You can't, you can't do that. You can't just send them an email and be like, "Oh, please, can I be in your movie?" No, oh, I bet you could if you fit a certain mold. Um, you're probably <laughs> yeah. <there's laughs> some, yeah, he's got a type yeah. that would do that. Yeah. Not, not the beards in this room. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he's interested in having yeah, yeah, us yeah. in his movie. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah. Um, but I still think that it's it's all like it's like you've got to it's just got to be in the moment for him when he's ready to go he's ready to go right. and I think he gets into okay I'm making a, a film mode and now I'm casting and we're doing it you know so I think just like soliciting him to be in a movie when he does you don't even know if he's got the next movie figured out yet in his head so would you call that guerrilla style. Um, is he guerrilla filmmaking? I would absolutely say he's guerrilla filmmaking. There's no way he's not guerrilla filmmaking when he's out on Vegas. Those are like real pedestrians walking around. Like, yes, he is absolutely setting up cameras in places he does not have a permit, I'm sure, to film in. But he has not asked permission. He's just filming things. Well, yeah. outside of Twisted Pair, the only one that really focuses on the strip outside mm-hmm. is, well, the only two that do are Double Down 
and I am here. Yeah. And I am here, it's pretty much exclusively the welcome to Las Vegas sign. Right. And in Double Down, which, I mean, you can easily see setting up the camera at the one angle and then going uh-huh. from there. In Double Down, it's a little bit more discreet because the camera's really there on the sidewalk. Yeah. I mean, it's it's set up. And, sure. And uh, it... But still, it's just him walking down. Right. And I'm, but that really still counts. I think that still counts as gorilla because, sure. like, he's you know he's still getting like a real actual people in the background just walking around. Where I think that that is probably not the case with Twisted Pair because he got inside of that school. Like, I don't think he was breaking into the school. Well, at and night. he credited the school right. too. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering if those two films were shot gorilla style. And then something like pass through, he probably didn't need a permit because it was out in the middle of the desert, right? Uh, for the entirety of that film, except what's in his sure. house. And you know, Twisted Pair had a few, you know, sets. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if he maybe like got in trouble for doing stuff on the strip, and huh. that's why he's moved off of it and into homes hmm. and into maybe his even house. why he's not selling those movies anymore. Or maybe the the uh, extensive stock footage in there he doesn't good have the point. right to use. It's a very mean, good point. Maybe somebody else owns some of that footage. Hmm. He does credit the stock footage at the end of the credits. Right. It is credited. Okay. And so I don't know enough source. about stock footage to know, like, when you pay for the license at the time, does that mean it gives you, in perpetuity, the right to make money off of what you use it in? Yeah. Yes. There might be a percentage based on that too like interesting is you know is 80 percent of your film our footage right and you probably don't have the right to make as much money off of it yeah i think it just depends on where you get that stock footage from right Mm -hmm. there's stuff that say you know once you pay x amount of dollars then it's yours to use forever and ever Mm -hmm. and whatever capacity you want to and then there could be something where it's like well if you make X amount over this amount of money, you have to pay a percentage or something. You know, I mean, there's different rules. That's the same thing with music. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna move it from, uh, I don't know, like uh, from a, a CD to or from like a cassette to a CD to uh, online or whatever, you you move you, yeah, you have to like renegotiate. Well, yeah, and even some things. I mean, like. Uh, perfect example of that is uh grand theft auto which those games have a ton of music in it like grand theft auto 5 had like all these different radio stations and they went in and actually updated the game and removed certain songs and replaced them with other songs Mm -hmm. because their licensing contract had ended or you have films or tv shows that were from the bbc sure and then they brought they wanted to bring over to the u.s as right. a dvd release but couldn't spaced was like the right. most popular oh, one that i absolutely a notorious one that took years yeah. for them to get on physical media in the u.s mm-hmm. because of the music that they used overseas yep. they valley couldn't Girl's get the rights one for too. there's, valley there's Girl. apparently yeah. a 35 mil like the first run 35 millimeter prints of Valley Girl for theaters have an entirely different soundtrack, right? Outside of the bar scenes that were, you know, filmed of as uh, Return of the Living Dead, right? Um, which is it's it's it bums me. I I I can't stand that stuff. Like I wish there was a better solution. Like I understand artists need to get paid, you know, and that's an important thing. But I think about all the things. Like um, I listened to this great um, interview with um, uh, uh, 
the uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. He, he did Green Room and Blue Ruin. Uh, Jeremy Saulnier. So uh, listen to this great interview with Jeremy Saulnier, and you know, he was talking about like, well, how did you start filming? And he was talking about before he did Murder Party, he filmed this entire movie, like an entire feature length film of the same quality as Murder Party, which I think is a very good movie. Yeah. Um, and um, he did this entire thing using songs that he really loved and were integral to the filmmaking. And he did it like as a young filmmaker saying, you know what, I'm going to do this stuff. I'm going to figure it out later. You know, like I'll show the, the artists my work and say, look how it's important in the movie. Can you cut me a deal? And he said he tried to, and the, the licensing was such a nightmare with all the films that he chose and he couldn't extricate those songs. Like those songs were so edited specifically to what he was doing that he couldn't just replace it with another song mm. that he ended up shelving the film. So there's an entire Jeremy Saulnier film that may never see the light of day. Um, um, and because of music issues. And I think about, there's so many things like that that don't fall under fair use where people cannot use it. We think about all right. the movies that right. we want to see that don't get a release. That it's just, I wish there was a better solution for that kind of thing because it's always the music issues. Yeah. It's like always what it comes back to. Yeah, and then, you know, the artists deserve the money and all that stuff. Oh, sure. Too. You know, obviously, you know, there's, there's reasons why those laws are around. But yeah, it's just, it's a total bummer when you have so many... Well, especially somebody that has an artistic vision and and absolutely uh, finds inspiration from something that they want to use specifically, right? And end up not able to share that with with anybody. Well, in a lot of cases, it's not even the artists. You know, it's it's the, and it's and that's the, the thing. It's the yeah. labels, right? You know, there's uh, there's. Have you ever seen that movie? Um, uh, was we are still here? Yeah. So, um, you see that movie, Austin? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. there's a uh, there's a song in that movie. It's like actually like the opening songs by this band, Wooden Indian. They're a local band, and actually one of my friends is in that band. And local Arizona band. Yeah, local Arizona yeah. band. Um, and Where there are listeners. From yeah, true, other states true. So local countries. Arizona band, by the way, uh, Wooden Indian. Um, and so I go to see this movie at Film Bar, and like I'm watching this movie, and it says like music by Wooden Indian. And my buddy, I'm like, dude, that's cool. You have music. And he's like, what? <laughs> Literally had no idea. Wow. wow. You know? Yeah. And and then I told and then um and he's like, Oh yeah, no, we received some like five hundred dollar check like a year ago. Like BMI. You know, or yeah, exactly. Like, approved it. Yeah, but they didn't tell us what move what movie it's gonna be in. But okay, so mm. with like Neil Breen, right. we don't have to worry about that because we have yeah. these these lovely piano soliloquies sure, and sure. everything that just kind of fits in. But is there a license? I, I don't know who cares, but the thing is, is that what's what is so interesting about the the music that he implements in these films uh, is is very generic, uh, but I we watch stuff. Okay, if I watch something on YouTube and they 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 throw in a commercial for I don't know insurance or something, and and they're trying to like pull at the heartstrings. I hear the music. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's the piano. It goes, dee -doo -doo -dun 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 right. and I'm like, oh my God, Neil Breen is like <laughs> everywhere. I hear oh, it yeah. in commercials like I, all the time. When I watch the intro to any one of his movies, I expect it to end with, ask your doctor if <laughs> right. this is right for you. Right. right. And not only that, but 
um, you know, Anne has, you know, different tastes in, uh, in shows or movies or something. If I'm in here, if I'm in my office and I'm working or, and she's watching something in the other room and I just kind of go and check on her, see what's going on or grab something to eat from the kitchen. And she's watching some kind of like CW ish or, uh, some sort of show that's not necessarily heavy, but it's in a scene where, you know, something intense is going to happen right. or there's like dialogue and this kind of like, you know, tiddling piano, tinkling of the keys start coming in. I'm like, oh my God, it's like Neil. I, I keep saying that. I'm like, I keep hearing like it just like seeps in. All I hear is like twisted pair. I like any right. of them. I mean, pick any it's of like them. Austin down, with whatever. Real Hero. Yeah. You know? Real Hero. And then yeah. they made a video about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I got to watch that as soon as we're done. And then, you know, and, and, all, and you're guilty for this, Beards on Breen. You know, the uh, that's something that, like, literally, we went to go see a cover band that was doing Girls on yeah, Film. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just could not get Beards on Breen out of our head. Like, so. I did get some... Uh, I did get some candid footage of Misty watching Double Down oh, with me. Oh, awesome. So I'll have to show you that. That's fantastic. What did she think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I need the Misty <laughs> report here. Yeah, I'll just play it for you. Okay. <laughs> so, so only Double Down. Yeah, that's the only one she watched with me. Yeah. Our schedules are a little off right now. Right, but, right. Uh, yeah, no, initially when I when I was setting all this up, I was trying to think of like a, an interesting concept for the whole thing. So when we watch Double Down... Um, I actually did a video recording of us watching. So it was Joshua and and myself watching Double Down, um, and I I decided to kind of just throw that away because it's more interesting to hear about the reaction of it more so than like right watching it reaction to it totally. Um, not unless it was integral to like a YouTube sort of thing. Also, but Misty's reactions are a separate situation. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Oh, yeah, I, I also I got known. her doing like the Red Wedding episode. Right. Like, yeah, I got that, that was a great video. <laughs> yes, so good. absolutely. Maybe yeah. I, that'll be the next step. I, I'll just talk her into <laughs> reaching out to Neil Breen. Oh, to yeah. To try to be in totally. one of his movies. Totally. I could totally see it. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we just need someone who's like completely relentless and just get Neil Breen to open up and do an interview or something yeah i don't know is that even capable like the way that he just seems like he's a brick wall no now like, he it does. doesn't matter I think, I think the wall is up now did you see the the like yeah. the you know because this re- email this whole, too long this whole <laughs> retrospective thing i think is a way to just appease everybody right. who's been emailing him i'm sure left and right non-stop well, and he's pretty very, stern about it when yeah, he's talking yeah. he's pretty stern like i'm doing it this way it's gonna be this yeah. way and yeah. this is what you're gonna uh-huh. get that's what you're gonna get it's very difficult it. to track down anybody involved in these movies too i mean outside of kathy corpus Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if a lot of these names are real you know in (laughs) in, in general by the way um uh, going back to the pass through episode just to put to put to rest a a mystery Uh of beards on brain uh the you looked up the imdb credits yes uh, when we were recording and there was a character for donald trump right um it's it's fake well, okay. I found, I found, I, I did research into that guy. Right. He is a 14-year-old filmmaker. Okay. He's made three short films that are all credited with having a budget of less than $100. Okay. And he also is listed on his IMDb page of having a character in Fateful Findings named Stan Lee. 
Gotcha. So yeah, it's it's this makes it's me sad yeah. for the uh, for IMDb then that anybody could just go in there and put a credit right. Like is nothing sacred? <laughs> that's that's kind of like the the kid in high school who would go and do uh, the the photograph, like the picture, the high school picture, uh-huh. um, and would like get back in line. Totally, and then say, the other my, side. My, yeah. my name is uh, uh, my first name is Green. My last name is Bud. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel less important that I'm credited on IMDb yeah. for a documentary I was in. Oh, oh yeah, but that's a real credit. Do, that's wait, a real credit. Wait, do though. tell. So I was in a sports ball documentary, and it was uh, called Last Day at Lambeau. And it's about Brett Favre leaving the Green Bay Packers and all the drama that went on that. And at the time, this was back in like 2011-ish, 12-ish, we had a podcast for that season where growing up in high school, I had a friend. We were both Packer fans, and after Brett Favre left the Packers, he stayed with Brett Favre I stayed with Green Bay so we had this huge like kind of little rivalry Mm -hmm. so we decided to do a podcast about it and then this guy making a documentary reached out to us and asked us to be in the documentary nice so we shot like our little part in that in Madison Wisconsin at the University of Wisconsin and yeah it was pretty cool and then I'm Wait, in they, IMDb. I don't think they, I know they this. credited the 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 director credited us in IMDb. So like if you go there, so they they up. brought you out to Madison. Well, no. So we flew out there. Like so, I was living like here you had at to the do time. it on your own dime. Yeah, but we were going. So we were going to Brett Favre's last game. Oh, gotcha. in Green Bay. So they invited so, you as long as you. I mean, considering that you're already in. Yeah, so we were, well, we kind of, that was another reason that we decided to go. I was so broke at the time. I didn't, I was like in between, it was right before I started working at ICE, where I'm at now. But uh, uh, I flew to Minneapolis. My buddy picked me up. We went there. Shout out to Minneapolis. (laughs) Right? So we went, we went there. We drove to Madison. We shot our part there. And then we drove to Green Bay. We didn't have a hotel. We were going to sleep in our car. Some dude that we met at the bar just said, crash on my couch. You live like a few blocks from the stadium. We didn't have tickets to the game. We weren't even going to go. Um, but then, like, Nathan's parents sent him a couple hundred bucks. We bought tickets. We saw the game. It was probably one of the coolest trips I've ever been on. Very cool. Nice. Until either we destroy ourselves, uh, the sun <laughs> envelops the earth, the universe collapses in on itself, at this point, you're immortal. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just looking yeah. at it right now. It's right there, dude. Yeah, is it on there still? Yeah. Yeah. You should like upload a picture. You should upload oh, I could a do that. seriously amazing picture I can, of you. I can actually... I have a picture <laughs> from that day. Oh, yeah? So I could... Oh, man, you should like do full-on mountain man <laughs> picture now. But, but I was pretty mountain man back okay. then. Okay. That's kind of like... Because the thing with too. IMDb, you usually put in a current picture of yourself. Okay. So, like, well, you have an amazing too. opportunity to put on a picture right. of yourself here. Well, for then the we really understood that. all the IMDb profiles with no pictures. Yeah. There's so many. There's, like, a, like a fair amount of, like, you know, kind of biggish actors. It's probably they just don't, they just don't bother with it, you yeah. know? Like, I'm sure that that's something that, like, publicity, you know, like, public, you know, publicists or whatever take care of for you. I'm sure the actors aren't going in and uploading their own pictures. But couldn't anybody just go in and upload well, a picture Well, apparently, yeah, then? you can just go in and like say you could that just you put a random picture of Donald in a movie. I don't know that you can edit 
an actor's page or a credit oh, sure. person's page, but I think you can add an existing page to other stuff, which is probably how this kid did it. He he made a couple movies, uh-huh. you know, so he put them out there. So he's got the credit, and then he tagged himself into others too. And it, it could have been, you know, I mean, I'm talking about him now. I mean, which is probably the point. He right. he t- attached himself yep. to a Neil Breen film, and now right. we're like, who's Donald Trump in Pass Through? Yeah. And yeah, but unfortunately. We got bamboozled. I, bamboozled. We're on to you, kid. We're on to yeah. you. <laughs> we're on to you, buddy. That's, yeah. that's a pretty corrupt thing <laughs> what to is, do. That is very <laughs> corrupt. I think uh, Breen it's, is on to you. You're of no use to me on these streets. Right. Well, somebody should let Breen know. You know? It's, it's very Big Lebowski. <laughs> Is that your car? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> so I know we kind of briefly went over it because we should probably wrap up here pretty soon. Uh, I came to kind of a realization, especially going through this experiment of, of watching all five again. Uh, I can't clump in or assimilate his films into regular pop culture. So I have a letterbox to count and I can't give them a star rating anymore. I did at first, but uh-huh. then I redacted that. Now I just have I watched it and I liked it for sure. all five of his movies because I can't put them in the same rating category as like Marvel movies or, uh, you know, Robert Altman movies yeah. or Stanley Kubrick or whoever. It is whatever. tough. Absolutely. So even, you know, I've been thinking over the last, you know, uh, from the time that we started doing this up until at this point, like which one is my favorite? I can't even say that. Which one is my least favorite? I don't even know. Yeah. All of them have... Uh, these wonderful scenes and and things that carry through from you know the first movie all the way to the very the current movie and in between that I know there are times like in Double Down it's like okay I don't need to see him run up a hill again and back down and you know there's some lulls here and there but it has all these like genuine wonderful fulfilling parts that I can't completely hate it. Or if I hear someone says, you know, Faithful Findings isn't my most favorite one, as you know, and these guys on the right-hand side of me, uh, it's like I, I really like Faithful Findings, but yet again, I really like Pass-Through, and I really like I Am Here dot, 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 now. I, I, I really like Twisted Pear. I can't... How do I put these in some sort of, like, favored order? I mean, you're probably too close to it to do it. I can. That's why I did put in star ratings in my letterbox because I, I wanted to be able to say, like, I liked Twisted Pair more. But I definitely agree with kind of going back and changing. I do that all the time sure. with ratings constantly. Oh, yeah. Because um, if you have one thing that says it's four stars and you have another thing that you feel strongly that's a four mm-hmm. star, but then you realize maybe just based on that scale. I mean, personally, I know. do half stars, and honestly, I would do quarter stars if I could. Like, I think quarter stars would actually help me in so many cases. There's so many three and three quarter star movies that I oh, see sure. all the time that I just, like, like, I don't know where to put that one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I just, because, like, I, I want to be able to rate 
Twisted Pair higher than Fateful Findings. Well, you could do like the absolute thing. You could be like mm-hmm. Siskel and Ebert. Either it's thumbs down or thumbs up. Sure. I mean, but that's even that's like basically a you're boiling down to a two star rating at that point, right? You're giving a one star or two stars, right? I mean, it's like I think that's so binary. I I prefer more information rather than less, you know. But I think I think like quarter stars like would a help three me. star rating. Sure. There's. I mean, I think there's some people. That I do think that, right? once once it gets up to like ten, like a ten star, uh-huh. that gets really complicated for me. Like, yeah, I just can't do. I mean, ultimately, that's what a like a quarter star one is, right? That's isn't that uh, ten yeah, so stars? Just be a half star, right? Right. Oh, well, you're right. That'd be half star. Quarter star is like twenty. Is like twenty. So yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I, there's a lot of films that I I I feel that way about where it's like I just because to me I don't know I go on my gut right and it's like if I look at something I'm like in my gut says that Creed two is a three and three quarter star movie like I don't want to give it th- three and a half stars feels wrong four stars feels very wrong you know so like <laughs> so I, I would err on three and a half stars right I'll go with that right um but i really you know at first when i when i had letterbox i didn't realize that you could do yeah the half i didn't either because i I went back and redid all of them because when (laughs) you would when you would click on it Uh like if you did like three yeah it would be a solid three you have to drag but then you gotta drag it back i was like oh that was kind of a a revelation for me Yeah, yeah but also again it's like you know you're you're it's it's giving you that yeah that little kind of either pushover on either side Mm -hmm. But I almost like the the commitment, like I said, of of like Siskel and Ebert, sure. just get like giving it thumbs up, thumbs down. So I like the option that you don't necessarily have to right. give something a star rating. Yeah, you could just say that you liked it totally, and and or and or you yeah. watched it. I mean, I would give thing. all of them a thumbs up for sure. You know, none of them are a thumbs down. Um, that's obvious. It, it depends on where you're setting your metric at, right? I mean, like if if somebody actually asked me objectively, is if Double Down is a good movie or not. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, in my objective opinion, uh-huh. uh, it's not. Right. It, it's it's not a good movie. It's very hard to follow. It's very hard to get through at certain points. Look, I'll I'll just shame myself publicly. <laughs> I've watched Double Down six times in the last <laughs> month, and it is it is. If you actually asked me, what of the five is my least favorite movie? It's Double Down. I've I've just it, there's been something about it's it that's great. captivating to me, even though I don't enjoy the experience. Like the last time I watched it, which was earlier this week, I I genuinely finished that movie feeling like it made complete cohesive narrative sense. And I took I I haven't shown you my notes that I took, but I took probably five college rolled page. That's notes what I was on, waiting for tonight on, on Double Down, in particular. And I'm like, okay, this relates to this relates to this within the confines of the individual movie not you know his overall so we need your retrospective right like i said a documentary by an independent reliable source it is not a documentary (laughs) it is not not a documentary but um but but see but that's where i think it gets complicated like objectively is it a good movie but like any movie that you can be engaged with and watch six times, isn't it though? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, but it's also me putting in that extra effort. Sure. And and I can't expect anybody else to watch this movie six times in a month. You know, I don't. I can't expect that out of. Has Christy watched any Avengers Endgame? No, she hasn't. Yeah. Would she um, have any interest in them? Do you think? I think that she. I I think that, frankly. 
I think she would be interested in fateful findings and pass through to a point. Um, I don't think that she would be, if I, I, I have a heart, I would have a hard time showing her double down. Purse. I swear to Christ. If Neil Breen ever comes to Alamo and does a Q and a, I want her to go full Crispin Glover. What do you do for fun? What do you do for fun? Strippers. Just be so great. Okay, wait, so yeah, oh, you just kind of okay, brief, so, briefly, briefly tell this story. So, hi, Christy. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Christy. When, whoa, whoa. <laughs> when uh, Crispin Glover was at Alamo mm-hmm. a couple years ago two, now. It was two years yeah, ago. Because it was, it was 2017 when he was at Chandler. Uh, we went both nights to those movies, and neither one of us had seen any either one of these movies. And uh, the first movie... We both stayed through the whole thing. Uh-huh. The second movie, which was his first movie, what yeah. is it? Uh, Christy got she she did not enjoy the experience, uh-huh. and she got up and left for fifty minutes of the movie. Okay, and got really drunk. Yeah, <laughs> okay. went, yeah. At the bar. went up to the bar. <laughs> um, we we joking. I jokingly was talking with Lauren. And I said, you know, I would. I would consider going to see Crispin Glover again, but I'm still paying off the bar tab <laughs> from two years ago. Uh, she came She came back in for the Q&A, and she was distracted by how long the Q&A session was actually uh-huh. going to because it dra- – I mean, hey, Crispin Glover can't give a straight answer to any question. Uh-huh. He has to wrap a story into it. Well, thank you for um, preparing me for what I'm going to experience Monday and Tuesday of oh, this upcoming week. I can't wait to talk to you about that. Yeah. Uh, but – Everybody else was asking questions about, like, the filmmaking process or annoying him with Back to the Future questions. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And But it seemed like you said that it seemed like he had, like, copy responses. Absolutely. Like, these are not questions that have been out of the ordinary for him when he's done these before. So it seemed like a, like a, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, copy response, you know? Right. Like he knew. They were, they were very canned. Right. All, of, all yeah. of them were very canned. And Christy was kind of frustrated with the way the Q&A was actually uh-huh. going. And so she threw up her hand and, you know, it was pointed. She's like, he's like, yeah, what, what question do you have? And she's just like, yeah, I want to know what you do for fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he was completely stunned. She didn't mean it attacking him. Sure, But sure. she was like genuinely like. Uh, this is very avant-garde filmmaking. Uh-huh. This is very strange stuff. What do you do in your personal life? That's, uh-huh. I mean, that's where Christy is. I mean, she's kind of, a, she's, uh, she's a very into celebrities and the lifestyle. You know, she's, she reads, you know, uh, grocery store magazines, you know, sure. stuff, stuff like Us that. Us Weekly. Us Weekly. And uh, she, she's fascinated by some of this stuff, even though when she recognizes that a lot of it's junk and garbage, but she's fascinated anyway. Mm-hmm. And Crispin Glover was practically knocked off his feet because he didn't have an answer prepared for a personal question. And he was stuttering and he was like, uh, um, you know, uh, I like to, well, I like to make movies. And he like tried to bring it back around. He's like, I like to go on dates, which just made me think, oh my God. Wow. What is a date like with Crispin Glover? (laughs) (laughs) What what is that fly on the wall? Right. right. That would be fantastic. But uh, yeah, he he really didn't have an answer, and he you could tell it made him uncomfortable. Yeah, he just yeah, kind of yeah. wrapped it up. Yeah, every other question he would take 
15 minutes to answer. He's heard it and a he million was times. wrapping this one up as right. quickly as possible to get yeah. well into another one. So I'm curious, and again, like I'm, you know, I've got tickets for both nights, so I'll be experiencing this myself soon. Mm-hmm. But um, is so there was like the persona that was like on, you know, Letterman, right? Um, like, is can, can. he that? Uh, he's not quite that Andy Kaufman. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but I mean, he definitely has a character that he sticks to. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So I I worked with him directly, and I've seen him outside of the persona. Uh huh. He's he's just he's I I well I I'll say he's a regular guy. Okay. He's very socially awkward. He doesn't sure. really know how to engage with other people but he's a nice guy he's a genuine guy um i appreciate that he knows exactly what he wants as an artist um and that he loves the alamo which is great Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean he was i i didn't have like any like strange vibes from him i didn't feel like you know he's like uh, uh, there's a certain vibration that was off, or you know, I need to like keep an eye on this guy. Or totally. I didn't want. I didn't feel like I was um, intruding or uh, you know, breaking his bubble, personal bubble. Right. Like he came up and he he put his hand out to shake my hand. Would generally, I'm not like a big guy of like touching other uh-huh. people. Um, if somebody extends her hand, I'll yeah, shake but it, but I'm we, not you know, usually the one Chris to whoever wants to touch you. <laughs> well, you yeah, I'm going to allow touch. it or, you know, or if Kurt that or Kurt Russell junk rubs his shoulder, <laughs> junk Kurt on Russell. my shoulder, you know, then I'm all for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely let's, let's, um, let's like go ahead and wrangle in Christy for another one of those. <laughs> if we get Neil Breen through, cause, uh, we'll just be like, I, I, th- I, I, I mean, to, to bring it back to Neil Breen, if, she watched a double feature of Fateful Findings and uh-huh. Pass Through. I think she would have had a much greater time. Yeah, yeah. yeah watching yeah. those two movies than the two Crispin Glover films right. for sure. Uh, but I mean, she, I'm a little bit more eccentric in my yeah. taste than she, than she is for sure. So what's ma- what makes it better or worse? And mostly, I would probably say you, Sean, and you. Uh, Austin, uh, is as far as like watching them on. Well, you said you watched them with other people, though. Just double just down. Double down. Just double but down. But watching them on your own as opposed to with other people. It's funny that you asked that because today when I was watching, I was like, "This is so much more." Was so much more fun watching Twisted Pair with other people. Well, like, even Anne said that. I mean, well, it, she, well, I mean, we saw it in the theater with a bunch of people, but she never knew. She did not know anything about Neil Breen. Like, I laughed, but I don't think I laughed as much as I would have had I been around more people when I was watching them. Right. I, I've, I've spoken about this, I think, with you previously. I kind of like the experience of watching the movie alone or with a small audience. Like, I mean, you guys seeing Tristan pair with you, I mean, it made mm-hmm. sense. Um I'm, I've never seen the room in a studio participation type environment. Yeah. Because, and I, and that was by choice. I mean, there was many opportunities to do so. Yeah. But I wanted to see that movie legitimately before I watched it where people were screaming at it and making fun of it. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I watched, as I watched the four 
Neil Breen films on my own because mm-hmm. I started pass through on my own, but finished it with you guys. As I watched those on my own, um, it didn't bother me. I, I don't know that I necessarily would have left any more or less if there was other people in there. I mean, laughter is contagious. contagious. I mean, we, if, so <laughs> I'm sure that somebody would catch something that would be funny and we would laugh and joke about it. But I'm the type of person that will watch a movie with subtitles on, <laughs> you know, and just, right. I don't want to miss. Oh, I do anything. it all the time. Or, yeah. I, I, so a, a, a silent room is perfectly fine for me for an, a, a movie experience. And then once I have that, then sure, let's do the party mm. atmosphere, you know, sort of thing. But I, I don't want to have that me withdrawn from the film in any way. So I, I honestly kind of was happy to watch it. I mean, I would have been happy to watch it with you guys, but I was happy to watch a movie with no distractions, right. you know, to, to the experience and just yeah. see how bad is this movie, how good is this movie. Um, and like I said, I've watched uh, Double Down in particular multiple times and I feel like it's not even that funny anymore. It's, you know, there's, there's, there's certain humor, <laughs> there's, there's humor in the ineptness, you know, of right. some of the, the things that's sure, done, like, like, sure. like the pool scene, for I example, keep which watching is, it, it's not the, the pool, the pool season, <laughs> the, oh, sorry, the pool scene is hilariously edited. Uh-huh. I mean, cause it's, it's, it's bad acting. Right, you know, right. It's, it's bad editing. Uh, what I noticed in my latest rewatch is that obviously we talked about the two moons in the pool scene. Um, <laughs> every time there's a close up of her in the pool when she's standing up and alive, she's wearing bottoms. She's got a bottom to that bathing suit, but yeah, then like when she's flesh, like a flesh colored, you know, yeah, type thing. But then when she's you know floating face down, she's clearly not wearing right. anything, and it's like this is. Then I, my mind started going, it's like, in the then, in the filming of this, how did this happen? <laughs> how did the pants suddenly come off for this shot, but not right. for the other shot? Just throw the continuity out of the window. <laughs> how did that situational yeah. happen? It's like, okay, it's unavoidable. Got you, you got shot in the back, I'm got the bloody rose, now, now you need to take your bottoms off right. so you can go over here. You already got her with the bottoms does, on. Does it make you wonder if it's a different actress? It's possible. I mean, it's not like we see her go from the standing right. position to the floating position. So it could very well yeah. be. But I'm, I'm right with you, Sean, honestly, because the uh, that's something that, you know, and again, I've only seen all the movies once. Right. Um, so I'm not a scholar like you are. <laughs> but, um, not an expert. Right. But... I can tell you that in that experience, that was something that just constantly stayed with me is not being able to imagine the films without the situations around filming them, you know, because it's just everything about it is so bizarre. The idea that like this guy is getting non-professional actors for the most part. I assumed in some cases, at least in his earlier work, people he knew, um, which again, maybe he didn't know any of those people, but I kind of just felt like, the the family in the beginning with like when he's healing the girl or whatever was like his aunt and uncle or grandma you know something like that like right. he he just knew those people and just like what are they thinking <laughs> you know like what are they thinking what's or happening? other real estate agents and, right sure you know in totally his yeah here's, here's another uncomfortable moment from Double Down the uh-huh. actual scene where with the uh, the 
the one scene that takes place in indoors in the house with the child that has brain cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only four people at that table. There is Brain. Um, sorry, Aaron Brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the father of the child and the grandmother of the child. There's no mention of the mother at all. Mm. And the the two lines that the father has is spoken as if she's right there, you know, the whole time. So it throws this weird cadence when you're actually paying attention to that sort of thing, which, again, we're watching this on a DVD. It doesn't have the best audio quality, certainly doesn't have subtitles. When I my last watch through of Double Down, I pretty much transcribed the movie. Doing notes, <laughs> and which is why. Oh my god! I, see, here's the thing. I makes, wish that we had video on you because you get this look in your eyes sometimes, Sean, when you go, you go like seriously deep. That it's I'm, just incredible. There's no layers left of this onion for me to pull right. back, and I'm still scraping at it. That's so great. Uh, it's 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 incredible. Oh, I mean, there's there's something that's that's. Is this the last episode of Beards on Brain? I right know. There, there might no. be just like is what's no. what's happening there here, might guys? Be me, like, you know, talking into my uh, Dale <laughs> Cooper <laughs> cassette recorder right? underneath my underneath my blanket one night. <laughs> right, right. Special edition. I, I took, they all realized at the same moment that I, it was not over. <laughs> I, sent, I sent a link to Adam the other night where I took the. You've sent me lots of yeah, links so, in the middle of the night. <laughs> I, doing doing my notes on Double Down. Right. There's not a single line of spoken dialogue. Like you see a character's mm-hmm. lips moving and there's sound coming out uh, until like the 15 minute mark of that movie. The first 11 wow. minutes is just voiceover. It's just Aaron Brand telling us about Aaron Brand and that's it. Mm. So seeing as how it was just essentially narration... I took notes of everything he said and turned it into the Star Wars crawl to oh, see how long nice. it would actually take to do like an episode one yeah. double down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's insanely long. <laughs> oh, really? Like if if, if yeah. you just li- wrote this as a narration, oh, it wow. would be five times longer, if not more, than the actual A New Hope opening credit. Wow. You know, or uh, narration crawl. You yeah. Know, the setting. It, it's yeah. insane. That's tremendous. Yeah, and it reads like a madman. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, and I have to believe those parts are typed. And it's you obvious he's reading. You know, any of the voiceover stuff, like he's obviously reading from a piece of paper. Or he's or he's just spitballing it and, and editing it together. Maybe. In, into a thing. Uh I some of the stuff is just absolutely insane. What he's saying right there yeah. in the intro to his first movie. Uh, you know, I went from this job to this job to this job to this uh-huh. job, and I worked for this agency, which doesn't exist, you know, or this agency and this agency. He contradicts himself in certain statements. Right. In the opening <laughs> movie. Like, he, he says that he can start and end wars, but he doesn't, like, <laughs> like do anything. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty fascinating. But yeah, it, it's, I think I definitely well, gone way I, too I, deep. I on could that. maybe relate to this where I have written stuff down and not gone back and reread it, but just knew that it was good right. for what it was within that self-containment. But 
considering that he's not a filmmaker right. and doesn't know how to make films, that there needs to be something that's set up and then there needs to be the payoff for everything that you set up within the movie. So if you show uh, somebody with the black shoes and black pants from the knees down, there has to be a payoff for that. Now, there's no payoff for that. It's just something that translates from, you know, every film to film to film film. If you have something that's like an intro and says, you know, I am, you know, the I'm going to be here now. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm doing all this war stuff and whatever, whatever, whatever. If you're not addressing those from that statement, you if you have that statement, it has to pay off. There has to be some resolution or some sort of callback to that. I mean, that's how so films work. Right. It's you don't <laughs> yeah. um, you, you don't put something. Movies are made so tightly that you're not going to put in a scene that has nothing to do with anything else or have a payoff to the plot in some sort of way. Because that's just a waste of time. That's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. It everything should tie up in a nice little bow. Oh, yeah. you know, in like in you know theory. the best case like, scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although I think there's plenty of films, even studio films, that don't. No, I'm no, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Right. But I'm I'm saying what what you generally want to do when you're writing a script mm-hmm. and you have certain things is that you just want everything to pay off. Right. Um. You know, a beginning, a middle, an end to everything that you put into Studio it. Studio films usually have more of an excuse to that, though. Mm-hmm. Like they're either meddling, it, it, yeah. either the studio re-edited a director's sure. film, or intent was changed, or they're setting up for a sequel that never happened, totally, or or something that that effect that there was probably a seed of an idea that was clear there. When you are Neil Breen. And you're just taking on everything yourself. There's no interference except Neil Breen's interference. Right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And there's just there's it's all concept, and there are things that are put on paper or on all his laptops that he's just writing down that seem really significant and important, but don't necessarily like like wrap everything up right, right. you know to each other well it so. is very much like like you know b- despite the the f- you know kind of sparks of genius that i think are really there like it's also like a you know meandering spitballing manifesto like that's what his his filmography is um you know yes i think he's got these touchstones that he puts throughout there but he's also just decided to make his manifesto into movies, you know, um, I 100% believe that the, the beliefs espoused by his characters are beliefs that he, Neil Breen has. Oh, sure. Sure. Even if those are non-consistent, you know, and maybe even if they change, but I think he's got a view of the world about corruption. He he's probably been hurt by lawyers in his past, you know, um, he probably has insurance big, agents, right? Yeah, exactly. Corporations, banks. Yeah. But he's CEOs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Politicians. And three hundred million people. Right. Yeah, exactly. The, the reality housewives. Right. Which is again, I think, why we get down to like why he has not had bigger appeal is because I think that his the content of his work is very confrontational. Um and 
that's something that's going to drive a lot of people away. Because, like, when you think, oh, I'm just going to have fun, it's not like The Room. Like, The Room isn't about, like, you know, potential genocide. You know, like, that's that room's not that, right? This is. So I think that might keep some people away. But it's also, like, what makes this so interesting. And I think also what drives a lot of his fandom, frankly. You know, I think that it's like there's a like you don't have groups of people that are as obsessed with Tommy Wiseau than they are with Breen. Like it, it gets a different type. And I think part of that is the haha, this is funny. And part of that is the, you know, anarcho techno fascists, you know, have they find, feel a kindred spirit. Now, we've we've talked about this before where it's almost like a, a Thanos sort of thing. Uh-huh. where it's the snap of the fingers. You look at Neil Breen and you listen to what he's saying is much different than what Thanos... Thanos is not doing anything that is specifically targeting certain groups of people. Oh, he's not right. political at all. Yeah. Not yeah. at all. It's just this, this absolute black and white, boom, half of all creation is going to be gone. Whereas Neil says it's... All the bad people right, right. are going to be wiped off the face of the earth. Including people that are on reality television shows. Thank goodness. Yeah, because... They, they can all go. All of them. Um, fate, uh, by, uh, to talk about Faithful Findings just for a second, um, I have a much stronger opinion of that movie than the guys on the right of Adam. Defend it. Um, I love Faithful Findings. I, th- I think that it's the first movie that he's actually trying to make a serious movie out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is more of a relationship drama, but it also quickly turns into something darker. And I like that approach. When That's the movie that everybody wants to compare to The Room. Right. And I understand why. Totally. But I actually... As we all know, I have a Lynch obsession. It strikes me more as a Inland Empire mm. than a The Room. And Inland Empire is actually my least favorite Lynch film out of all of them. Same. And I think this is a better version of Inland Empire. Like I think Breen figured out that beat. Maybe it's the camera quality that he had versus mm-hmm. what Lynch had. I don't know. But there's something very unsettling about that whole movie, even in its cheerful moments. And it just get, it gets under my skin a little bit more, and I enjoy mm. that. Again, I'll have to give it another shot, you know? Like, I, I feel like I have to go through the Breeniverse again, but it's, um, yeah. I think the reason that I, I, I didn't respond to it as much is because it's his attempt to do a real movie, right? Like, that's just not what I want to see out of Neil Breen, because I think that he can try and do a real movie and then, like, come up short. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how I felt. But again, that's... um. Just on a, a first viewing, definitely had its moments for me. I for really sure. want to. I really want to rewatch Twisted Pair again yeah. since it's the only one that I've seen once. But uh, like, if I had to rank them, I would probably rank them. Uh, I am here now as my favorite. Yeah, and Same. then pass through, then Fateful Findings, and then um, Double Down of those gotcha. four. I don't, I don't even want to put Twisted Pair in there because I've only seen it once. Right. And I, right. And I feel like I don't want to, you do have to watch it bias. at least like six yeah. times and pretty take much your notes and <laughs> take copious <laughs> notes, get out your dictaphone. Right. Yeah. Peel that onion. <laughs> Peel it back. <laughs> Schwa. Um, what, where I rank it? Yeah. What's um, your rank? Oh, my rank would be number one, 
would be I am here dot 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 now even though it's like technically it's like three seconds every dot should be like three seconds that's the a correct brain ellipsis but I am here now would have be number, watched, number one have you watched my experimental cut yet I haven't not yet okay what um, what um, I was waiting to watch it with somebody no worries yeah um, no I remember that okay yeah. continue we'll, so we'll talk later um, Sean and uh, <laughs> Then the uh, second one would be Twisted Pair. Um, third would be Double Down. And then fourth would be Pass Through. And fifth would be um, Faithful Findings. Yeah. I, I just, like, definitely Pass Through. I didn't respond to as much. I wanted to respond to it more. Mm-hmm. I think there was way too many of other characters when I wanted to just have Breen, you know? Um, <clears throat> didn't really care about their, their characters as much. But again, that's on first Yeah, view. and I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I I, I really do like Pass Through, and, it, and mm-hmm. it, it's, it would be much higher, uh, I, I that would be something that I would watch again over a bunch of the other ones. Again, I can't put them in order, but that's the one that seems like less breen centric right. yeah although me. it does have the incredible like Man. newscast thing right but it just has yeah. like i said all yeah. of them have just yeah. so many great moments yeah it's and just, then the, yeah the, clean, cleaning out of the, the cleaning van, van. The cleaning of yeah the, as austin was starting pass through i was like oh yeah. you get to see the the, clean, the van cleaning scene and, and then he, you have that <laughs> confrontation between neil and one of the uh what would you call them like the border crossing woman um, who's like, you know, you you are oh, nothing right. to me. You I felt like she was a pretty good actor, yeah. too. Oh, she's yeah. great. Like, she was fantastic. Yeah. She was, was the like, one I was wow. really trying to find, mm-hmm. and I can't find a thing about her. Like, she doesn't seem to exist. She probably works at, like, a Safeway. Probably, or, or she yeah. used a, a fake name in the, in the film, which well, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard that, you know, that's a thing, too. Austin? I'm pretty much on the same length as Joshua, but I'm putting Twisted Pair... Then I'm putting um, I am here. Then I'm going double down, pass through, fateful findings. Yeah. I think Twisted Pair, just because that was the first one I saw. Right. Yeah. And I got, you know, that's, that's what got me into to, everything. Yeah. To walk it right into You know, too, yeah. and I'm walking into that. Yeah, I love Twisted Pair. Twisted Pair is great. But I just think, like, all the, I don't know, the Jesus imagery and the zombie mask and the just yeah. all that stuff. I mean, I just I love I am here now. So he did that's, have a very that's the the opinion of, of everybody's you know perspective here. Now for the last thing, what of all five movies would you introduce to uh, like a, a just somebody that's maybe not on the same level as you, but like someone like I think Sean you said earlier like. Hey, I've heard about this Neil Breen guy. Like, what's the first thing I should watch, Sean? Well, it definitely depends on who's asking that question. But I mean, if <laughs> you're, answer. if you're, like I said, no, with I'm Christy, saying... I would, I would start her off with Faithful Findings. Okay, uh, because she likes relationship type films, or that that start off with a. At least, at least, start off with a basic it was, plot. Yeah, that that's kind of like a, into a, something a Melrose Place kind of. Sure, thing. sure, right, yeah. right. Um, but it also has enough of a, a little bit of a lore behind it, you know, with the whole mushroom and thing. There's, there's definitely more happening in Fateful Findings versus the previous two that are not specific to Breen. Uh, in that there's, there's like a world building sort of thing where Breen was just kind of the savior 
of the other two films. Right. Uh, even though there's obviously some sort of supernatural stuff happening in all of them. But uh, I think that's the one where it's more of opens up to a world that Breen is a character and part of, as opposed to the creator of. Sure. Uh, so I, I would start, I would start someone like her with, with that. Uh, if you know, it's somebody like a film nerds, like the four people in this room, then yeah, go balls deep and just start with, <laughs> start with double down, double and work down your right. way up. Yeah, I mean, right. just see everything, but you know, or maybe invite them to movie six, you know, to start them off at that time, depending upon, you know, what's going sure. on. But, but yeah, I mean, it really depends on the person asking that question. Yeah. yeah Schwa? Uh, it would be I Am Here Now. Um, I just think there's there's a lot to chew on in I Am Here Now. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, you have a lot of characters. You got, like, the crazy gang members and the, you know, the just the weird, just, it's so much weirdness in that movie. And I think that would be a great one to just, just throw somebody in the deep end in that. I mean, I would almost start him with double down, but there's just like a lot of him running up and down hills and double down. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I mean, there's a, I mean, I think double down is a tremendous first outing. Um, but I just think that, you know, just if you're really going to just show somebody I am here now, just with the, again, the Jesus imagery and the robot stuff and the, the, the doll heads in the desert and the crucified lawyers. And if they're um, the type to laugh at a movie, yeah. I think that's actually a good, good spot to them too, not to Neil's uh -huh. discredit or anything, right. but there's definitely dialogue and cadence in there that you can laugh at absolutely and enjoy. but i also think that if you're kind of looking for artistic merit in there there's a whole lot there too mm -hmm. i mean i think the you know as much as it's like the i you know the, the, the like you can say well wait a minute like the cross imagery is like jesus was like sacrificing himself so it's actually like if you have a bunch of crucified lawyers like the imagery is almost like that they're actually like the protagonist so i mean you can ask questions like that but i think just the straight up imagery you know is like it's very much it's it's breen's version of it but it's it's like hodorowski you know like it very much is that kind of high art you know avant-garde strange film that's not trying to be another kind of film it's like it's very much like this is a neil breen movie beginning to end um you know and i don't think i can even compare i mean a double down i can say like this is kind of like a spy thriller you know like you know they've got they've all got their kind of like genres whereas i am here now like i can't begin to guess what kind of a genre i would put that film into you know, other than art film. Cult recruitment video. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Austin? I'd probably go Double Down, uh, just because if you can handle Double Down, like... <laughs> oh, you can swallow that pill. You're if right. you can swallow that pill, like, this is where it all started. This is where you should start. If you can handle this, wow. you can handle the rest of Breen. Wow. And it just gets better from there. Yeah. I was about to say something really inappropriate, and wow. I probably shouldn't commit that to take. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the thought that counts. Yeah, uh, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I it's don't know. obvious that it's all um, just like it's. It's become a primordial ooze in your brain that is frying everything from I'm, the inside out. I'm. 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 I'm tossing between fateful findings and pass through. Quite honestly, I think I just pass through have, has the strongest narrative. 
I, I think it does too, and I think it has like some accessibility to it, and there's enough in that um, to to where there's a lot of kind of tongue in cheek things, and there's really strong performances um, that keeps it moving. Uh, and if I was to show somebody like Twisted Pair first, like I did with Anne, uh, it it's just it's a it's too glossy. It's like too recent. It's mm-hmm. um, even though it it has a strong pace, um, and it's and it is more kind of sort of accessible. I mean, you can kind of go with like the AI stuff uh, is a little bit more on point to where you you are fascinated by it, but it doesn't raise as many questions as like pass through wood and have so many call callbacks from like you know the 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 first movies and even things that are going to follow through to the end because i i guess if i was to start with that either fateful findings or pass through and then go and then go okay well now we're going to watch double down and go you know all the way through again well and i guess in a trial by fire sense you know like start them with pass through show them the movie that kills 300 million people at the end of the film you know like and and but it's like in my way i'd be kind of like let's build up to that Let's just start with the movie where he only kills a few lawyers. Well, and I kind of feel that way about Twisted Pair, too. I mean, look, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are people out there, I don't know any, but I'm sure that there are, that Infinity War was their first Marvel film. Right. And they maybe enjoyed that quite a bit. Right. But I I do think it is something that's much more appreciated with the weight of the emotions that you get from going, watching everything prior to it. The yeah. characters are, you know, you know those characters going into it. You don't need them explained to you. Nah, speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, the, I've got major have... issues with 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 Infinity War because I don't believe any of those people are freaking dead, and I think it was all just a big circle jerk. I agree. And it's like let's get it. Let's I'm get not, you emotional. I'm not going to disagree with any <laughs> right, of that. I mean, right. I laughed when Spider Man went away. Right, right. Because uh, give me a break. All right, see you, see yeah. you next year. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. They're going to get you know tell. Maybe you're going to only kill characters whose contracts are getting pretty old and people are obviously want to be done. That's one thing. But it just, to me, it felt like the same thing of like killing Superman at the end of what was it? Batman v Superman. Superman, You know, it was like, come on. Well, you saw the coffin movie. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't even make it to the end of the movie. But I get your point. I do get your point. Not to drag out like the the end game sort of stuff or Infinity War. The people that turned into dust Uh are the people that have upcoming movies. Right. So Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy. The people that didn't disappear are the people, like you said, are are like their contracts are ending. Exactly. So what the hell was the whole snap thing? Are they living in the dead world and the other people? To give us an opportunity to go to the quantum realm and whatever we're going to do. I hope it's time travel. I hope we get time travel in the next movie. That would be rad. But, you know. Coming up. All right. This has been the Marvel cast. (laughs) It's been the Marvel cast. It's been the... Neil Breen? Like what cast. what Marvel character would Neil Breen be? Oh man. The Watcher. The Watcher. I was <laughs> Dude, if that was the fuck, I was so close to saying it. And then that would have been our third jinx in the same show, Sean. Fuck. Uh, I was so close to saying the Watcher. What if he took over or the like, Beyonder? I mean, if you wanted to go deep Modoc. cut. What if Neil Breen took over the Stanley cameos? Exactly, the Watcher. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, it finally sunk in. It only oh, took please seconds. edit that together. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Well, on that note, it's been a journey. It has been a journey. And it's not going to end. It really no. is. Uh, Got to continue it somehow. And I'm really interested in what Sean has been doing. Now yeah. I feel I need to step up my game. Me so, too. Uh, I, I like to commit when I'm working on something. And <laughs> man, did I commit to. Obviously. Yeah. So I appreciate that. that. If we have to talk on the side and see what's going on there and how we can uh, massage that into the next thing. Yeah. How, how we can help or how you guys can. Yeah, get contribute. Help from me. <laughs> Start a GoFundMe for my therapy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Start an Indiegogo for the GoFundMe. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Beards on green. Beards on green. Beards on.